This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Crange alongside, as always, King of Banter, very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I'm all right. So, um, (laughs) good. I I wanted to uh, immediately start things off with a business comparison between Voices of Wrestling okay. and Impact Wrestling. Because now why, why would you, now, why ever would you compare the two? What are, what are, what are, you, what are you trying well, to get at here? We are just a modest niche website, correct? Speak for yourself. No, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we host a very modest podcast here, breaking down the world of wrestling and rich you got us in a lot of trouble. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. It, it is It is because of me. I, I apologize. It was me this time, not you. I think you were sleeping or doing something when I'm sure you awoke to uh, a lot of angry Impact Wrestling fans. All, all four of them. <laughs> so while the world is talking about AEW going head-to-head with NXT, you sent out what was seemingly a very innocuous tweet where you said, remember Impact Wrestling. Because, quite honestly, nobody talks about Impact Wrestling anymore. No pun intended. There's no impact right. made by Impact Wrestling in the uh, the daily discourse, the weekly discourse. No one, no one pays any attention. You wouldn't even know it's there unless right. you were a devoted watcher of the show every week. <laughs> or if you – well, for you, you've try, you try to watch it every week and you can't even watch it every week. You can't even watch it every Which, week. by the way, our mentions are now just completely filled with people telling us alternative methods to watch it, even though you have just said, I just want to turn on my TV and watch it, or I just want my DVR to pick it up. We already have six people in our mentions saying, oh, it's on Twitch, or hey, you can find it on this, or you can find it on that. But you try, and it's preempted by nothing. It's just not even showing. They show the same episode they showed last week. Like, it is, for yeah. all intents and purposes, very difficult to watch. I don't even get the channel, even if I wanted to watch it on my TV. But again, people are going to say, oh, you can watch it on Twitch. You can do that. But for all intents and purposes, it doesn't exist. If a television network and a wrestling promotion tell me that I can turn on that network at a certain time on a certain day and watch that wrestling promotion, they should be able to get that part right. That's easy. I should be able to do as they're asking me to do as a consumer and turn on that channel at that designated time. Watch the fucking show. Right? Seems simple, yeah. It seems simple enough. I should not have to do extra work if they can't hold up that very simple end of the deal. Am I really that out of line? Do I should should it really be on me as a consumer to find the alternative methods to watch the show (laughs) to go seek out Twitch or whatever other alternate alternate method you want? And conversely, Rich, if you're a consumer, an impact 
tells you and Twitch tells you that you can watch Impact Wrestling on Twitch at a certain designated time every week or whatever the case may be. And they fuck it up. Should it be on the consumer at that point to go, well, I, I can go find it on Pursuit? No. You're giving me options to consume your product. I'm choosing one of those options. You are the one not delivering. I'm not the one who's wrong here. But you're right. We will have these idiots telling us, wow, well, you can go watch it on Twitch. I don't want to watch it on Twitch. You're telling me I can watch it on Pursuit. So I'm turning on Pursuit, and it's not there. Okay. That's not even my point, but you got me fired up about that. But but that that's a whole a separate discussion. Same thing with Ring of Honor. But you astutely pointed out, and this was correct, and it was no judgment on the quality of the promotion or the shows. Not at all. I like Impact. Going, I'm, I'm planning on going to Bound for Glory this year. So We praise every pay-per-view they put on. Um, but there's no question. They're irrelevant right now. Nobody talks about them. They're like 19th in the pecking order in American wrestling promotions. Forget like worldwide. I mean, just nobody's paying any attention. They're irrelevant. And the Impact fans took massive offense to that. Which, you know, okay. But one thing we were constantly hearing from these Impact fans was, well, I've never heard of you, Voices of Wrestling. You're irrelevant. To which I say, that's probably true. You may not have heard of I, a lot of the people I was able to. I didn't want to call anybody out, but you were able to do. I was able to do a search, and those same people have argued with us uh, a few times already. You know what? Uh, Maybe they forgot. <laughs> that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying they. They. they yeah, oh, that's. Fine. I don't. I don't expect. I, I don't want you to remember. Yeah, I, I don't expect Jason don't expect to remember common... arguing with, uh, with us two years ago. Okay, no, it's fine. I, I get I, it. Listen, I don't expect common wrestling fan X to know who we are. We're a modest little site in our corner of the world. We do some nice podcast numbers, but it's not like we have millions of listeners, right? Just under, just a tad under, but. So if you want to tell me that you've never heard of us and that we're relevant, uh, I'm sorry, and that we're not relevant and we're irrelevant, okay, all right. Maybe you hadn't heard of us until that day. I understand. But that doesn't change the fact that impact is irrelevant in the wrestling scene right now. And I have a little head-to-head comparison for these people. Voices Wrestling, which I concede, is not the most relevant website in the world, and maybe you've never heard of it, and it's understandable if you haven't. Versus Impact Wrestling. Rich, you correct me if I'm wrong. And also, this is public information, and people can look it up if they'd like. There's websites that'll do this. Uh, our website, voicewrestling.com or New Japan Pro Wrestling Mecca.com or AEW uh, Mecca.com, all of those will work. Uh, right or wrong, Rich, we destroy ImpactWrestling.com in site hits by more than double. Is that correct? Or <laughs> yeah, it's a bloodbath. That that is not a company. I was when we were given some information about the Impact analytics and 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 what they do web traffic wise. I was. Just stunned at like how low they were, how insane they were. Which I get. Like I, me personally, I'm not going to go to ImpactWrestling.com or, or, or you know, any official. I wouldn't go to really any official site to get news. You know what I mean? Like even even to sports wise, I don't go to WhiteSox.com to get news. I don't go to WWE.com to read WWE stuff unless we're going to laugh about the nicknames that they gave people or whatever. So I get that, but still, the the length 
and the distance at which we were compared to where they were was was pretty staggering. So yes, that is indeed true. Forget the inside information that we have. People can get this information publicly, right? They can look up our rank versus impact. Right, right. Impact they can go to Alexa rank. rank and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I believe we're somewhere in the 100,000 mark and they're somewhere in the 200,000 mark. I mean, we're crushing them. Would you agree, even though you don't go to official sites for your information, that a wrestling promotion that has existed on a national platform for 17 years, uh, that their website should be doing better than our website? Yes, it should just at baseline do better than, yeah, our little niche website. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's one metric. There's many metrics. That's just one. Uh, Rich. Did you know that uh, Impact on Twitch has 600 subscribers? That's a fact, correct? I believe so, yes. Okay. I can, I can, I can get the exact number as of right, because they may have gotten a, a big uptick for old Cali Combat, which is going on right now as we're talking. Uh, give or I don't take. know if you knew that, but I don't know if you knew that, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll get the official number here while you're, while you're talking. Give or take 600 subscribers, right? We're not going to split hairs here. Um, how many subscribers do we have on a given day, give it a take? About 550? Yeah, right right around there, yeah. It fluctuates. People sign up. People uh, cancel. But uh, we have right around 500. Again, public information, correct? You go to patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, and you can see exactly how many subscribers we have to our bonus audio coverage. Not even our primary audio coverage, mind you, okay, which is free. But our bonus audio, we basically have – the same amount of subscribers as Impact Wrestling on Twitch. Is that not a fact? That is indeed a fact. And if you, if you actually counted our podcast subscribers, I think that would be uh, well over that too. So uh, listen, if just start, yeah, that's not public Apples though. You know, apples. yeah, exactly. But yeah, paying versus, I believe in fact that the Impact subscription costs $5 a month. So it's literally apples to apples. Okay. As our uh, subscription also costs $5 a month. And we're basically doing the exact same numbers. Would you agree, Rich, that a national wrestling promotion that has existed for 17 years uh, should have – I don't even know how – should, should be destroying us. Yeah, it should be blowing up away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, how many books did we sell this year? Speaking of paying customers. Uh, because at last check – I don't know if it was Slammiversary or the pay-per-view before that. I had read that one of the Impact pay-per-views of recent vintage did about 1,500 pay-per-view buys. Did we sell more books than Impact sold pay-per-views for whatever pay-per-view? Uh, we did. We definitely got uh, – we were definitely well over that that total. Okay. Combining you know a few different sources. But, yeah, we, we were we, – we, I want to say blew that away, but we are over that. We are okay. more than that. So. so. Let's just circle back. We double them in web traffic. Correct. We have roughly the same amount of paying subscribers to our, uh, you know, our, our to each of our respective subscription services. Yes. We sell more books than they sell pay-per-views. Yes. Which again, a product we are selling, a product they are selling. So listen, I am not saying that VoicesOfWrestling.com or this podcast is as visible as Impact Wrestling or as uh, if you did some kind of – what's the gimmick you like to do, Rich? The Google uh, – You got the Google – yeah, the Google search traffic. You have, you know, the Google rankings and stuff. They're going to – yeah, absolutely. I mean they have 2.3 million subscribers on YouTube or something like that. There's there's methods where you could look at that they definitely 
close way in some of those things, but you're right. There's three areas, and here is the hammer, Rich. I haven't even given you the hammer yet. Uh Uh-oh. I'm ready for it. I don't even know if I know the hammer. I knew all these ones. I didn't know the hammer, but I'm ready. Here's the hammer. Impact on pursuit at last check. Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) I saved the best for last. Was doing less than 5,000 viewers per week. Do you know how I know that? Because, Rich, if you study Nielsen, anyone who pays attention to this stuff knows. Once you do less than 5,000 viewers, Nielsen cannot track the number. Nielsen has not been able to track a pursuit number in months, which means we can safely conclude that impact on pursuit is doing less than 5,000 viewers per week. Did you follow that, Rich? I did, yes. Impact on Twitch last week did 3,700 and 50 viewers on Twitch. Rich, can you confirm, without giving away our proprietary numbers, that this podcast had more listeners last week than Impact had viewers on Pursuit or that Impact had viewers on Twitch? I can. So more people, let me get this straight now, in case Jason or the rest of them are listening, okay? Let me get this straight now. So what you're saying, Rich, based on that data, which is all factual, we have more listeners on a week-in, week-out basis than Impact has United States viewers to their uh, uh, wrestling program. I think you can pretty safely say that, yes. Okay. So more people listen to this show than watch Impact in the United States. And not worldwide. That's not my claim here. United States. I don't know what they're doing worldwide. Impact will tell you they got these television deals all over the world. Yeah. 120 hey. countries. 120 countries. Are okay, that's fine. This so, <laughs> we will concede yes. to worldwide. Okay? Morocco. Moroccans love Impact Wrestling. I mean, yes. that, that's confirmed. Just like us in the Isle of Man. They're not big in the Isle of Man. We are big in the Isle of Man. They're big in Morocco. We're not big in Morocco. It's fine. We pick and choose countries. That's cool. Impact may have a million viewers in Mali, for all I know. <laughs> I have no clue. But in the United States, we have more listeners on a weekly basis then there are people watching Impact in the United States. I, you if, want one more? You want a live feed stat coming your way right now. I'm on Impact Wrestling's Twitch right now, as I mentioned, that Cali Combat is going on right now. That's right. Elgin versus Rhino is in the ring right now. That's your main event, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. There's 4,918 people watching this right now. I'm one of them. Rich, if we flipped on a live feed of this show, you think we could challenge that? Uh, I, think I don't think challenge. so. No, I don't think so. I don't. I think we, I, I think we, I think we get. <laughs> that's. I don't know. That's mighty. That's mighty tough. We do. We will, get, we, we will beat that number in total downloads over the course of a few days. Yeah, I think it might be tricky for us to say to assemble everybody all at the same time. Right, so, right, right. I mean, this is a live feed show going on right now, and it's you know, like I said, forty eight hundred people, a little over that, forty nine hundred. So, so here we go. Though we've got four different areas. Number one, and I think this is the most important one. More people listen to this show than watch Impact. That's number one. Number two, about the same amount of people are paying subscribers to this show that are paying subscribers to Impact on Twitch. That's number two. Correct. Number three, we get double the web traffic that their website gets for our website, and that's public information that people can look up. And number four, what was my other one? I don't even remember what the fourth one was. <laughs> what those first three I had? And then I, I oh, dropped the pursuit, the pursuit thing, the 5,000, less than 5,000 on pursuit. No, no, no. That's, that's the big one. More people listen to this show 
than watch Impact on Pursuit or Twitch. Oh, so you have another? You had another one that I. Uh... I had another. I did. I, I I had three. I had the website. It was the web traffic, the uh, subscribers, uh, subscribers. The pursuit. There was another one. That was, it's oh, too the pay per view. Oh, more people, yeah, right, right. more people buy bought our book. Then yeah, that's right. There it is. Yeah. Then bought any Impact pay per view this year. Okay, so there's there's those three, and and the big one, of course, more people are listening to this show than watching Impact on a week in week out basis on Pursuit or Twitch, at least last week. Because last week they did less than five thousand viewers on Pursuit, and they did thirty-seven and fifty on Twitch. So, I mean, listen again. If we're not relevant, okay, then what does that make Impact Wrestling, who had a ten-year head start as a national wrestling promotion? Rich, you give it another five years, we're gonna blow right past them. I mean. It's embarrassing considering where they're starting from and who they are and what they do that we're even in the same stratosphere as them in any of these metrics, let alone beating them. But they're telling us that we're not relevant, which is fine. I actually concede that point. I don't know. I don't know how relevant we are. I think a lot of people don't know, have any fucking clue who we are. Rich, we'd have a lot more money if we I were. Wish. Yeah, I, that'd be nice. Okay. I do want to update this. Uh, this Elgin Rhino match has ended in a double countout. So <laughs> tremendous finish. But, but the reason that we aren't millionaires and making money hand over fist is basically because we're at the same level as Impact Wrestling. That's why they can't even con- they can't even definitively beat us. That's where they're at. That's their slot in the current wrestling world. They're at our level in multiple metrics. I mean, what am I really leaving out here? Am I hiding anything? Um, okay. You, you want to do YouTube subscribers? They'll they blow us, us they, out of they, they, Yeah, they're much better than us. We also don't use it, which is partially my fault. But uh, yeah, we don't really we, we don't have the time to do it because this is a full-time listen, job for us. So, I'm yeah. trying to be fair. No, yeah, exactly. They got what that. Else? What else am I missing? Uh, countries with TV deals, which apparently is 120, but I uh, <laughs> got a dubious on that number, but they got but us on that. Like, um, you know, we're either beating them or in the same neighborhood with everything else. And, it, and it's really, and I never really even would have thought of this or thought to make these comparisons until they invaded our Twitter mentions and, you know, we're shouting us down because you made a very innocuous comment that nobody is talking about Impact Wrestling right now, which they are not. The Q rating, that's your deal, right? I mean... I, I'm not a big Q rating, but you could. You could use the Q rating. I don't know if that's uh, publicly available Trends information. Or... Yeah, Google, Google Trends is what I'll usually use. I, I, they'll probably beat us in Google Trends. That, uh, that's probably not a competition. But I mean, but... if you the, your point was, though, if you stack them up, Against AEW and NXT, exactly relevant. Right, right. I mean, that, that's and it's going to lead into our next topic about AEW. The, the the point of that tweet was, and and again, like I don't really love that it's the point. Like I don't want that to be the thing. Like I like Impact. Like I said, I'm going to Bound for Glory. We've talked about. I mean, Slammiversary last year was my favorite show of the year. I did a instant reaction show and just gushed over it and couldn't believe how incredible it was. This year's Slammiversary, we talked about a few weeks ago and said how much we enjoyed it and we loved it and all that sort of stuff. It's nothing against Impact. It's just. They used to be that number two. You know what I mean? Ten years ago, we're talking about, oh, Impact versus WWE or Impact, you know, themselves. And they are just, they're, they're out of the, nobody 
talks about them. Nobody brings them up. You'll talk about times where like you'll see something on an episode and you're like, oh, no one, no one's reacting about it, so it must not have been a big deal. Like, no, I mean, it, it, at least in our little bubble, which is a fairly large bubble at this point, we follow a lot of big accounts. We do all this sort of stuff. We try to you know put our due diligence. We put our ear to the ground as much as we can. It is just gone. It's just not even there, and especially. This week, when 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 you know it was announced at NXT, which again we'll get to in a little bit, NXT moving to Wednesdays, AEW versus NXT, this sort of stuff back and forth. You didn't hear a drop in 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 iota about Impact Wrestling that entire in that entire day. Nobody was saying, "Well, how does this affect Impact?" Or, "Hey, what what about the what about the you know what about the visibility of Impact?" Or, "Hey, what about nothing?" Not a single word was said about them. And and some people will argue as well that not a single word was said about Ring of Honor. Which again is true. <laughs> it's not like two things can be bad at once. Like this is the thing that we kept getting. Well, well, why aren't you ragging on a Ring of Honor too? Well, Ring of Honor, and we always said this at the time too. Maybe a year or so ago, Ring of Honor was kind of your default number two, right? It was on enough channels. They were doing good attendance wise. They, they, there was okay. Like they were your quote unquote number two. Impact took a step back, obviously after many many years of being the number two to WWE. Many, many years of being the number two. And being as close to a number two as we have had since WCW. Would, would you argue that at all? I mean, I think I think it's impossible to argue that. That yeah, them yeah. on prime time on Spiker. I mean, yeah, they, they were, especially when they went up to Monday nights and they were going head to head and it was the the return of the Monday Night Wars, quote unquote, or whatever. And they got they got pummeled and, and they went back and, and you know they licked their wounds and, and that was it. But that's as close as we got right. to, to a number two. And then they fell back and Ring of Honor kind of became the default number two. But we said this on the, on, on the podcast as well, is that even though Ring of Honor was number two, the, the 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 length of space between the number one and number two was insane, just ridiculous. Right. When 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 Impact, you know, when they went to Mondays, it the, the space was big, it was huge, but it wasn't. It was the closest we had seen. Now you talk about this AEW thing, and now I think, would you argue that this? And we haven't seen. Obviously, we're going to see what the, the ratings are on the weeks when the, whatever you know, when, when when they come out and and all sorts of stuff. But would you agree, or or, or maybe even even dispute this point that they are as close or closer than impact ever was to being, you know, between one and two. Then, then ring of honor was or impact. Was? Then, then impact was ring of honor's done. I was just saying ring of honor was there for a little while as the number two, but well, they never were really doing, yet. I mean, impact at their peak, were doing millions of viewers. Like right. what about 2 million, right? A little exactly. shade. I, I don't know if AEW. I don't think they're going to be doing 2 million viewers on TNT, um, but they've already, you know, proven to be much better ticket sellers than Impact ever was. I mean, that's right. not even close. I mean, it's not even close. And and it helps that the number one has kind of fallen back a little bit as, as yeah, well. It's not the sure. juggernaut it was a few years. So, so and, and that's really my point initially was just like that Impact was at a point the closest yeah. number two we had seen since WCW went down and effectively pretty much since WCW in 1999. You know, by mid-1999, WCW is pretty much just getting their ass kicked and is in nowhere near – because and, and it's again WCW 1999 better business than AEW is right now and, and and potentially will be better business than Impact was but WWE was such a juggernaut that it was so far ahead that WCW was pretty far back so essentially you could say that Impact when they started the Monday Night Wars or whatever they're the re quote unquote Monday Night Wars or whatever were as close as we had gotten since mid 1999 WCW basically yeah and now we're you know what less than a decade later and they're just they're off the map. Like you said, where would you put them on the pecking order? And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Like, where do they go on the on the wrestling pecking order right now? They're not number two. We know that. We know who number two is. Number one's not in any doubt. I well, guess number I mean, three, but I mean, they no, have they're, no, they're not even close to number that's three. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not they that either. They 
they, they don't sell as many tickets as New Japan, and I'm sure that New Japan on Axis is doing more TV viewers uh, than, than Impact is because no, literally no one watches Impact. I mean, we just went over it. So they'd be behind New Japan in this country. Uh, they'd definitely be behind WWE and AEW. They'd be firmly behind Ring of Honor, even with Ring of Honor struggles. Right. I mean, we're talking about Ring of Honor struggling, and yet they can still draw 1,000 people to a show. Impact can't draw a thousand people to a show. I mean, what what did their what are their pay per views doing? Um, sub a thousand, right? Or maybe right around? Did they do right around a thousand? I thought for it was those, right uh, around. I thought it was right Toronto around. I, I, don't have, I don't have the date in front of me, but I think it was yeah, right around. Okay, right around 1, yeah, I, I don't know it either. But the point here is, Ring of Honor can tour and do you know three shows and do four hundred, seven fifty, and a thousand still, even with their struggles. Impact can't do that. Impact doesn't even run shows. They have indie shows run shows, and they slap the Impact name on them for these Twitch deals and everything else. They don't even run their own shows, except the only shows they run with paying customers are their pay-per-views. And the other shows are deals they have with various indies across you know, Canada and the United States. So they're firmly behind Ring of Honor. More people are watching Ring of Honor on TV than Impact. Not even close. There's probably more people watching Ring of Honor in singular markets than are watching Impact in the whole country. Because no one is watching Impact. The numbers are minuscule. They're just, they're just tiny. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would put them behind all of those. Prom- I'd put them behind MLW. What, the last, what did the MLW episode – how many YouTube views did MLW do – for their show two weeks ago. Pick a show where everyone has seen it. It's not going to add any numbers from here on out. Don't pick the most recent one. Maybe people are still getting around to it. I guarantee you it's higher than whatever Impact is doing on Pursuit or Twitch. Yeah, let, me, let me see here. YouTube, YouTube numbers are always a little dubious, but let's go Let's go to let's go, uh, episode 70. So the, we've had 71 and 72 since episode – or sorry, we've had 71 four days ago. 72 is going to air in a few days or uh, right. tomorrow rather. And um, – so we'll go to 70. 70 has 50,000 views right now on YouTube, which again, <laughs> it's is okay. dubious because I mean, impacts, they, theirs have like 50,000 as well. But yeah, your, your point still stands though that yeah, those, those YouTube videos are probably still, you could cut off, you know, a few thousand off of that or a few, maybe if you want to cut off 20,000, half of that or whatever, 25, it's still that, that blows however many people are watching impact out of the water. So 50,000 YouTube views for the last MLW. And remember, they still air on BN. So we're not even counting their television viewers. And that's a down week for them, too. If we go, honestly, to 67, which had the, the La Parca, uh, the main yeah. event, the Los Parks in the main event, that had 62,000 uh, views on, on YouTube. Okay. And again, half that, if you want. If you want to conservatively you say, ah, YouTube, whatever, yeah, yeah, which I get. YouTube numbers are a little, okay, half that. You want to say it auto-played on someone's browser a couple thousand times. You want to say somebody watched for 30 seconds a couple thousand times. It's fine. But like you're saying, how far, I mean, you can't go more than maybe half. And even if you half that, they're still blowing away impact. And we're not counting how many people watched on being sports. We don't have those numbers. I have no idea what they are. Haven't looked into that in whoever, who God knows how long. Um, but I can tell you it's no worse than what impact's doing on pursuit. It can't be. It cannot be worse. It's impossible to be worse. So, and MLW, 
How many people are they cramming in that Cicero Stadium once a month or? Whatever? Oh, when I go, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. I don't know if it's quite what they say it is, but it's uh, it's good. It's a uh, healthy crowd. Did we do the math on this one? Six hundred, seven hundred. Yeah, it's not nearly. I don't know what they say, but whatever they say is, uh, yeah, <laughs> reduce a little bit off that. But it's still it's a hearty number. It's a good amount of people that are that are coming and, and hanging out at the Cicero Stadium. So, and they haven't had their pay per view yet, but they will. Um, so, in what areas is Impact outperforming? Or, or or higher on the buzzo meter than MLW. What? I, I don't see it. I'd put MLW ahead of them too. You know? So, um, I don't know. They'd be at best sixth or seventh in the United States. Mm-hmm. In the United States. Right. You know, and now forget. it's easier than ever to watch, you know, wrestling across the world now. It's easier than ever. Because you have to account for the fact that, like you said, domestically new japan is selling x amount or whatever but like internationally a lot more people i i think would be safe to say that a lot more people at least in, in from what we could tell are watching you know new japan shows live or watching them on, on new japan world or whatever than are watching you know weekly impact episodes so that that's a new market that didn't exist you know a few years ago or 10 years ago or whatever people there was your kind of real hardcore fans that were able to find but now we're able to watch this stuff live we're able to watch you know Impact, we're able to watch New Japan live. We're able to watch CML live. We're able to watch Triple H, Triple Mania. You know what I mean? Like, so there, are, there's com- competition outside of the United States as well that that are uh, is vying for eyeballs and whatnot too. So I mean, that, that that's it's just like yeah, it, you know, as we're going on and on about this, it's just yeah, it, the, the idea is just like that. This company used to be in that conversation. It used to ha- you had to talk about impact if you were talking about American pro wrestling, you know. You couldn't have a conversation about major competition in American pro wrestling without at least addressing impact. They weren't even a me- not even a thought to mention impact. How does this yeah. affect impact? Oh, well, NXT's moving to Wednesdays and AW's on Wednesday. Not even a second of all. Oh, geez, so this is my takeaway from it. N- nothing. No, nothing. No, no, zero. They, 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 no one cares. They're out of the conversation. They're they're no longer in the conversation. Out of sight, out of mind. They're just they're just not there. Right. And that was the point. Is that it? Just. We have to remember that there was a time where they were involved in the conversations. That when right. guys left WWE, it was oh they could go to oh oh maybe they're going to go at Impact. It used to be the meme. Remember, people would make fun of what is you know right. pal <laughs> penis doing in the Impact Zone or whatever, and it was like right. you know that joke with oh what is what is he doing in the Impact Zone? Insert like a slight variation of the guy's name. When Damian Sandow left, where's the first place he fucking went to for his retirement tour? Was you know like it's not even brought up now that a guy's going to go there. It's just not, and that, and that's the point. It's it. We don't want. I don't really like that. I would love for Impact to be good and 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 people to be watching it and all that sort of stuff. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the product. I can't wait to go to Bound for Glory. But you can't deny that it's just it's 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 out of the it's out of the conversation. It's not in the mix anymore at all. They're fucking irrelevant, like you said to begin yeah. with. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know. There's no other way to put it. They're fucking irrelevant. So, um. I just wanted to do that little uh, head-to-head business comparison. Yeah, feels good. Of of our very irrelevant website (laughs) compared to their super relevant wrestling promotion that nobody talks about or thinks about for one second anymore. So, you know, besides the fucking 2,000 people watching on Pursuit or whatever it is, if it's even that many. How many people you think subscribe to Impact Plus? If 600 people subscribe to Twitch for $5 a month, how many people are coughing up the 10 bucks a month or whatever it is? I don't even know how much it is. It's probably about I, 10 bucks a month, right? Yeah. How many people are paying? For, it, it's under 1000 right? Oh, comfortably under 1000 for sure. It's probably in the same neighborhood as the, as the Twitch 
subscribe. What do the Twitch subscribers get that you don't that you don't get if you watch it for free? Yeah, I'm not. Get? I'm not positive. Yeah, I, I, I actually don't know that. I'm uh, not a subscriber. Not, believe it or not. You know why you don't? Do you know why you don't know that? <laughs> nobody talks about because it. impact is irrelevant and nobody right. cares. That's why you don't know that. That's why you run a wrestling website and do a catch-all wrestling. Rich, today we are going to talk about AEW, WWE, Big Japan, DDT, Zero One, AAW, Evolve. Okay, We do a podcast that talks about all of these promotions, and you don't know what you get for your Twitch subscription because no one fucking cares, and Impact is irrelevant. That's why. If Impact was relevant and people cared, we'd be on top of this and we would know. We would know how much their Impact Plus subscription costs. How much does the network cost, Rich? Nine ninety nine. Why do you know that? Because it's fucking relevant. Right. Okay. Ben Roll, nine hundred ninety nine yen. They made it easy, to be fair, but yeah. Yeah. So it's it's you know all of these things speak to that point. It's not like we're two people who don't pay attention. We pay attention more than ninety nine point nine percent of fucking wrestling fans. We pay attention to everything, and. We don't know the answers to these questions, but Impact Plus, I would be willing to wager they have less than a thousand subscribers. I look. Here's the thing: even if they have like twelve hundred subscribers, Rich, shouldn't a national wrestling promotion that has existed for seventeen years be destroying our subscription numbers by a much wider margin than that? Absolutely, for sure. I mean, and I'm not even positive they're beating us on Impact. I forgot about Impact Plus because I don't have those numbers. We could probably get them, but. I mean, let's try to get them. Let's see if we can get them before the end of this podcast. All right, yeah, let's see. Let's see if we you can know do. where to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to know how many subscribers Impact Plus has. That's what they call their service, right? Uh, correct. Indeed, yes. That's the string. Right. Over the top, uh, on demand, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's, that's yes. that Yes. You can watch Explosion on there, Rich, for free. Did you know that? Do you watch The Explosion, Rich? I don't. I do not watch The Explosion. No? Why are they still doing Explosion? Why are they doing that? Are they really still doing Explosion? I think so. Oh. <laughs> is that, I don't know if that's true. Is that true? Who does our Explosion reviews? Uh, you know, we don't have anybody on it right now. But I'll, Do you know uh, why? <laughs> because Impact they is can't possibly be doing. They can't be doing Irrelevant. Explosion. That's why. There's no way they're doing Explosion anymore. Oh, well, I guess they're... They're doing Explosion, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think it's free, too. I Who's watch watching it? that? I don't know. Not you, not I. But no, uh, not a lot of people. Someone. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Can we talk about relevant promotions? You know, when I was watching Explosion, when they had random Kato Kiyomiya matches when he was on his Canadian excursion. Ah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And of I do, okay. Did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they are still. Yeah, I do remember those. Of course, he was working Explosion because far be it from them to. You can't find a spot for him on the. Uh, no, yeah. you couldn't find a spot for Okada. Which means he's going to be the biggest star in wrestling. Yeah, in now he's been years. the world champion in Noah for the last. Right. Guaranteed the now. next five years, he's going to be a huge star if they couldn't find TV time for him. That's usually how it, uh, right. how it works out. That was my favorite thing ever. Is um, This is many, many years ago. Let's throw back to the old uh, uh, TNA Mecha days when uh, I think Okada in an interview, they were talking about the Rainmaker character and how he developed it. And he said, uh, I was really bored at Impact because they never did anything with me. And I started thinking about this Rainmaker character. Uh, and that's how I started, you know, thinking and, and becoming the Rainmaker. And then TNA Mecha goes, you know, TNA like, is the reason Okada became the Rainmaker. Like, yes. I was like, you know, I like their attitude. You know what I mean? To turn that into a positive takes 
that, that's more than I can do. I can't I can't twist my brain in those sort of ways. But their idea was that TNA is responsible for the Rainmaker character because Okada was sitting there flicking pencils at a ceiling and decided, ah, why don't I just say I'm rich or something? Yeah, Rainmaker, whatever. And came back to New Japan, and that was his character, and they took credit for that because he was so ungodly bored sitting backstage, not doing anything. <laughs> just the best. Which is patently false. And the other thing, which is funny, is Okada will never bury impacts publicly like ever he just won't he won't do it like he always gives a diplomatic answer he says he enjoyed his time he said he liked watching sting he'll he'll always say those things and rich we know for a fact from talking to people that he buries the fuck out of impact behind the scenes and he is one of the major reasons that new japan refuses to do impact uh, business with them to this day we know that from talking to people in new japan so it's like you know you think that he's just this mild-mannered guy who went with the flow and everything, but he he's still annoyed with how things went down there. And now it's a because now he's you know one of the biggest stars in the world. It's now affecting business dealings that impact could or could not be doing. Because you know Don right. Cal Cal's been trying to do business with New Japan since. Oh he got God, him. yes, of course. of course. And they won't and they just won't play ball with him. You know, and 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 yeah, even though it's a new regime and anything, he just doesn't. He he, he's just in his head. It's impacted CNA. Now, fuck those guys. That's right. No, <laughs> fuck those guys. Yeah. So that's good. There was also a uh, there was an image going around. I think a few days ago, uh, or maybe last week, it was uh, Alex Shelley, the Young Bucks, and Okada at like a, <laughs> an amusement park. I think they were Universal Studios walking around or whatever. And we, I'd always heard like, and I know the Bucks always say this too, that they're like really good friends with Okada. Like Okada loves those guys. Like that's why he worked yeah. all in. Like yeah. he just loves those. He wants to work with those guys. He wants to hang with those guys. He likes wearing the Young Bucks gear. He likes hanging out with them. Like just, there's just all this stuff that he loves them. And a big reason why they became friends is because they were all in Impact not doing anything together. <laughs> so they would like go and fuck around, around roller coasters and walk around Universal Studios because they weren't booked on the show because he had Kevin Nash, you know, doing whatever the fuck he was doing with the Nasty Boys or whatever. And like, you, know, you have the Young Bucks and Okada just like, all right, well, Wanna go ride the rides? Let's go ride the rides. They became friends. And like now they're still to this day really good friends. So it's just uh yeah, it's, yeah. it's an incredible. That picture you're talking about was taken. That picture you're talking about was taken on a day when none of them were booked. <laughs> right. I think it was a pay-per-view day, if I remember correctly. And they're just like <laughs> or a taping or something. And so they all yeah, just went like that. and then they hung out in the fucking amusement park. And <laughs> those it. guys befriended and took Okada under their wing when Okada was nothing and he was nobody. And he remembered that. And now, you know. And then he did that, you know, it all came back, you know, for all, all in you know, when he worked their show and he didn't have to do that. He's fucking Kazuchika Okada. You know what I mean? He'd do whatever the fuck he want. He didn't have to work that show, but you know, it, it goes to show, you know, you're nice to people, even when they're nobody, just to be nice, just to be a decent person. And you know, it comes back and pays off in the end. But, um, you know, maybe one day, Rich, maybe one day, um, you know, impact can match our numbers. Maybe. Hopefully. They just got to keep trying. You know what I mean? It's a grind. It's a grind to get there. You got to always, you know, I was, people ask me, oh, how are, oh, Rich, how are you so successful? <laughs> First off, I'm like, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I drive to work. I drive an hour to work. I work eight hours and I drive an hour back and then I, I eat a hot pocket and then I do this pocket. Like, I am not successful at all. <laughs> if Is... I was successful, I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be eating a hot pocket while I'm getting on recording with you to do this stupid podcast. Like, <laughs> that is far from success. But I was, people Is... always say that and I always go, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of years. I'm like, A, we're not successful, first off. Like, in my mind, we're nowhere near successful. I'm successful when I can tell my boss to go fuck himself and I That's right. go, you know, walk out of bed and sit down here and talk wrestling all day. That's when I'm successful. Right. Uh, I'm not there yet and, and 
I actually don't mind my boss, but <laughs> but I, if, if I'm making enough money here, I'll mind him and I'll tell him to go fuck himself. But um, so I tell him a not successful, and then b to get to where wherever we're at at impact levels, um, years are just grinded, man. I was like, dude, we we did this podcast for three years, where like ten people listened. You know, Larry <laughs> and like two other yeah. people listen like that. That's what it is. Like you just got to grind and grind and grind and grind and grind. And, and, you know, impact if they just keep doing it, they can aspire to be this. What we are rich is the, uh, is it the worst brag in the world to say that? <laughs> I know this is the worst, like comparable hey. business yeah. to impact. No, we just spent the last 30 minutes going, Hey, impact wrestling, a fledgling sure. business that are, you know, the destroying business that might be essentially should be gone but probably won't be uh yeah we're, we're better than you it's like saying I mean, cool we're we're arguably as relevant as impact wrestling it's like the worst brag humanly possible yeah you know it's actually this has been a 20 minute cell phone if you really want to look at it from that perspective we have just owned ourselves for 20 minutes oh, by right. putting ourselves did. on the same level as impact wrestling People are looking down on us now. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> there is more of a negative perception of this of this show and this site now that we've laid it all out like that. I think we just owned ourselves. Fuck, we did. Should we delete this? Because I think showing that we're on the same level as Impact was probably a horrible move for our image. I mean, when you really break it down. I mean, certainly. I'm owned. I'm owned. How do I go back from that? I'm I'm burned. I'm owned. Who's more relevant? Here's a legitimate question. Okay. Impact Wrestling or the Conrad Thompson family of podcasts? Oh. It's it's an easy answer, right? Yeah, Conrad Thompson. I mean, you know, it's like. So so we just self-owned ourselves because we're on the same level as Impact. While there are podcast. would you call that a podcast network with his dopey shows? What's he got? Three of them now. He's got Pritch- is Pritchard still do a show? I uh, some, yeah, kind of. Not really. <laughs> sort of. They, they record they, their voices are recorded to audio. If 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 that's okay. what you're asking, yes. So he's got Bischoff who does the lie session for an hour a week, right? <laughs> right. And then he's got what's the he's got the Jim Ross one, Sauce It, isn't it called Sauce It? I believe so. And there's also the Shivani one that nobody talks about, but uh, right. that one that one exists too. So so he. It, I don't think it's called sauce it, but he should call it sauce it, right? The Jim Ross one. But I think um, it's grilling. I think it's grilling with Jr. I wasn't even that far off. Jr. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke. I like it. That's pretty good. I was kidding, but it really is have a dopey food name. It's grilling okay. Jr. Grilling Jr. Yeah, grilling Jr. Okay, but his shows are dwarfing the uh, the again, no pun intended, impact of Impact Wrestling. They make much more of a dent in the national wrestling conversation and in just pure like business. I mean, those shows are all hired to be like the, <laughs> the leading, like eventually over time, they all get hired to become like gigantic roles on, you know, yeah. Eric Bischoff, obviously <laughs> charge of SmackDown, Bruce Pritchard, you know, Vince's right hand man right now. And then Tony Giovanni now hired by uh, AEW, which I'm sure we'll talk but about. But in terms of downloads, those shows crush it. And, you oh, know, and they're sure, making yeah. money hand over fist. And we didn't even mention rich. That for our little irrelevant, I've never heard of you website, what these people probably didn't even realize is that our Impact reviewer was hired by Impact Wrestling. So we're, we aren't even irrelevant to Impact. Like Impact knows we're, you know, we're relevant to Impact Wrestling themselves. Yet, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, 
if we're done self-owning ourselves yeah i think we are man i'm, I'm real burned so let's uh let's let's get to uh uh relevant wrestling promotions here this is uh I, we can't guarantee it's gonna be a three-hour show because we're a little light on topics as evidenced by the 40 minutes that really that we 40 just minutes? Did. i think it was yeah. <laughs> a hell of a cell phone there but uh we got some fun stuff oh my ahead god of you, that yeah. was over 40 minutes yeah yeah of comparing our metrics to impacts metrics not the best audio we've ever done, but hey, you know what? Uh, you win some, you lose some. Sometimes you beat Impact. Sometimes you're on the same People are going to love that segment. Are you kidding me? I, th- I know. I know they definitely will. But uh, we got to talk about uh, NXT moving to Wednesdays, the Wednesday Night Warriors. I can't believe we didn't lead off with that, but we'll get to that. Uh, we are going to do two, Joe, two bouncing around segments here, bouncing around Japan and bouncing around the Indies because there was not a whole lot going on this week. We we're actually able to catch up on some old matches, watch some other stuff. There's some big indie shows going on this weekend and next weekend, so we're going to talk about that. But we have to start off first with this news, which thank God we record today. Oh, which so is wait. A little bit late. oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. There's no ad read, huh? No ad read this week. But... Oh, well, because, you know, audio boom out there working hard as usual. So I'm here working for free. Uh, what do we got up here? All right. We are going to talk about John Moxley here. This is a tweet that came out five hours ago after we recording this a little bit earlier uh, in the day on Friday. Uh, it's at John Moxley on Twitter says, I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news, but I'd rather it come directly from me. In a nightmare scenario, a ser- serious case of MRSA has returned in my elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, I am forced to pull out of the fight. 831 versus Omega all out. He said fight, Joe. Oh, so Matt Strikers is Ghostwriter. Yeah, I fucking love it. But uh, I, I like fight. I, I don't mind fight. You you don't like fight? I don't mind referring to a match as a fight, but I hate Matt Striker calling wrestlers fighters over and over and over. I'm with again. you. Okay, all right. So this is weird. This is a weird distinction. I am 100% with you. Yeah. I like Moxie calling it a fight, but if he called himself a fighter, I'd get annoyed. Yeah, you're a wrestler. And and Matt Striker wants to make that happen so badly, and he's still the only one doing it. <laughs> it's not happening. Like, but... his broadcast partners won't even do it like the guys he's working with won't do it with him it's not gonna happen matt it's not gonna happen but yeah i don't mind calling a match a fight i have no problem with that a few other tweets here Uh, i apologize to all involved most importantly the fans i'm incredibly frustrated and pissed off i'll have surgery this week to move the bursa sack in my elbow and be done with it for good uh should be a quick recovery so i'll 100 be for AEW wednesday nights on tnt still i expect all that to be an amazing pay-per-view and hope all the fans out there are looking for an alternative tune in Uh, you'll be blown away by AEW and be excited to be a wrestling fan i'm looking forward to watching as a fan myself and then he said, this fucking sucks, which is his final tweet that he put there. But the big news there, John Moxley out of all out. So his match with Kenny Omega is canceled. It is over. John Moxley is out. And we're, we were going nuts and speculating. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Do you put Omega in the main event? Do you, what do you do with Omega? Not more than maybe five minutes later, Kenny Omega sends a tweet out. This is amazing to follow in real time. Kenny Omega sends a tweet out. I think it's something to the effect of, of stay tuned or, you know, keep an eye out or, you know, keep your ear to the ground. Something, something like that. Forget what it was. I'm not going to punch it up. It doesn't matter. Uh, and then five minutes later after that, we found out that a new match had been announced. Joe, Pac versus Omega is our new match for All Out. We're going to talk about that in a sec. But first off, the Moxley news. Uh, disappointed that you don't get Moxley Omega. And then eventually, you know, when we get to it, what do you think of Pac versus Omega as the replacement? Which, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's a pretty damn good replacement. But let's start with Mox first. We'll, we'll go over the injury first and then talk about the replacement. Well, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Injuries happen. They're unavoidable. They're going to happen. Um, the timing was awful. I know that uh, Dave Meltzer reported in his daily update that he picked up the infection in New Japan and then worked the NEW show with the infection. What wasn't specified there and what I don't know yet, and maybe by the time some people listen to this, it'll become clear, is whether he knew he had the infection when he worked the NEW show 
or he didn't find out about the the infection until afterwards. I would suspect it's the latter, um, but but who knows? But I mean, look, th- these things are going to happen. I mean, you know, injuries are part of the game and they're unavoidable. And it was very unfortunate timing. But um, you know, to to you know, about twenty minutes later, they announced that Pac would be replacing him, and it's like no one cares anymore. It's such a good replacement that it, 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 in some ways it has turned into a positive because you have this match with Pac and Omega that everyone is universally excited about. And not only that, Rich, the Omega Moxley match, you know, sold tickets for them. And now they don't even have to burn it off. It's almost like another happy accident for this company where they can just slide Pac into the spot. They're still making people happy with a pay-per-view caliber main event or semi-main event, whatever you want to call it, match, right? And they can come back later and do Omega Moxley again and use that you know, match to, to draw money again because they're not burning it off now. It, it, so it actually all worked out for them. In a non-nefarious way, they sold a bunch of tickets to a match that isn't going to happen, that they can now save up and do again later. And the replacement has, you know, been universally praised. I mean, you go on social media now after the announcement that Pac has been, has, has replaced Moxley. And it's like, the tone is just, it's, it's a celebratory. It's joyous. People are thrilled. No one is upset anymore. And they lost one half of what, in my opinion, was the money drawing match of the show. Would you agree? I think this was the money drawing match of the show, not Jericho Page. Oh, Would for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, this? yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the ticket sold out in five seconds, and yeah, I, I, I think because I, I forget the exact timeline. What was the was? Do we know Jericho and Page was for sure the main event when the tickets went on sale? I, I'm, I'm blanking on remembering. Um, I. I don't know exactly how that went down, but regardless, yeah, that was a match that they made ahead of time and and, and put on the banners and all that sort of stuff. That was the special attraction match, the main event uh, title match. That's going to be important, but this was the the special attraction match for sure. Look, Jericho Page will probably go on last. You know, I get it. And I know it's, you know, a world title match, but to me, it's the third biggest match in the show based on the builds. To me, it feels like I feel like Cody and Sean Spears is a hotter match than that too. What do you think of that? Oh, 100% agree. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So, you know, and, 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 you know, but, but you'd think now the tone would be super negative based on the fact that they lost Moxley, but it's not. You know, this almost has given new energy to the show. And that's kind of amazing when you think about it. And now you have the Omega Moxley match in your back pocket. You can headline another pay per view with it. You can do it. I've seen some people say you can do it on TV. <sighs> I don't know if I'd do that. I think I would save it to sell more tickets if it were me. I understand they're in a war on Wednesday nights and they need to pop a number. I get that. Okay. So it's not like I'm totally against the idea of Moxley Omega right out of the gate week one or week two on your TV. Maybe, maybe do it week two and build it up week one. Um, But I don't know. To me, I might use it to sell some more. Who knows? I, I think there's arguments that can go either way. The point is now you still have that match in your back pocket. Right. So kind of like Cody with the accidental blood with the with the chair shot, which actually worked in their favor, this is kind of like something that went badly for them, which is actually to me working in their favor. 
as far as the Mox news, so so we'll, we'll kind of circle back on that. Obviously, Pac and 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 Omega speaks for itself. Uh, should be an incredible match. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about maybe the Pac situation uh, and 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 how that kind of got resolved. But as far as the Moxley stuff, does this sort of change anything in in your mind? Obviously, we, we know that the the thing with Moxley and his contract and and his ability to go do other things and and we know that AEW is going to kind of tighten the push strings here a little bit and not maybe let people go and do def- you know once the CV starts, they're going to need people on hand. They're going to need their guys not doing any shots, not doing this sort of stuff. But we've always heard that there's some guys that are able to kind of do this and some guys are able to do that. Is there a situation? Because I, I had a buddy who, who I don't know if he knows all the ins and outs or whatever and just kind of said, well, when is AEW going to stop letting these guys do other shows? And I wonder if there's even more conversation going on about that after this. Again, like you said, it's just a, it's just an accident. And I'm, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying that you have to stop these guys from, from you know, anybody from working anywhere else and keep everybody under bubble, you know, in, in bubbles and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that. Ex- I, I don't agree with that. Any accidents happen, like you said, injuries happen. But do you think AEW might start having this conversation of, of of trying to have even more control over what their talent is doing? Because now they're running a weekly TV show. You know, they're they're going up on prime time. They can't afford to have any other guys getting hurt doing anything else that they that, that they're doing. Obviously, understand that the Mox thing is 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 impossible to do that because he's got other contracts. He's doing whatever he's going to do. But we have heard that other guys, you know, they might have a little bit of a leash. Would you stop that and just say, okay, you're if you're property of us, you're property of us, and you can't work anything else besides us. You're going to get hurt. At least you'll get hurt in our rings, and we'll be able to control it a little bit. Do, do you do you think that's coming, or or do you think it's already maybe here in, in a lot of ways, other than Mox? No, I think that um, the major stars have leverage right now, and that's not going to change. I mean, if, if, if AEW had their way, nobody would be working any, anywhere else ever again. I'm sure that would be the case if they had their, if they had their way about it. That's what WWE does, right? right? But it's like they're a startup, and these major stars, your Chris Jericho's and your John Moxley's, they've got the leverage. So if those guys want it worked into their deals, and Omega 2, um, those three that we know of, okay, I, you know um, – you know, if they want it worked into their deals that they can work New Japan, um, they're going to get it because they have the leverage in that scenario. Um, if you're some random mid carder or, you know, yeah, they're probably going to put the clamps down. We've heard, what was the date? October 1st, the last date. That was, yeah, that was it. That, that was the drop dead date. Do you think that maybe gets pushed up even a little bit more? Or can probably you not, not do that? Because I mean, yeah, I'm sure you just can't. I mean, all of those guys of, are booked places and it's right. going to be a real bad look if you pull them all off of the shows. And I don't know if I would do that. Look, it's it's looks guys are gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's and, like, and, and again, like I agree with your stance. Like that, it's just gonna happen. Like this shit yeah. is just gonna happen sometimes, and it's okay. Like protecting all these guys and not letting them work everywhere is. But I get it. If I'm a big company, if I if I'm AEW, I'm running weekly TV. Like I'd be annoyed. It's the same thing of like if you're a professional sports team, I don't want my guys in the off season fucking around and playing basketball or whatever, and getting hurt. I'm like, no. If you're gonna get hurt, riding motorcycles, yeah, get whatever. hurt on our time. You know what I mean? Like get hurt where we can yeah. sort of know that okay, fuck, that was our fault. Because it's just less frustrating in some ways. You know what I mean? Like if a guy tears his ACL on your practice field, at least it feels a little bit better. Then wait, what were you doing? You were playing sand volleyball? Like what the fuck? Like why are you doing that? Like don't do that. Whereas like – but it's the same injury. It's it, This shit happens no matter what, whether it's on a practice field or, or, or playing sand volleyball with your buddies. But it's like it still feels different. You, you know what I mean? And that's – I wonder if that becomes something that they kind of have a, a conversation about. But like you said, they don't really have that leverage yet to do that. No, they don't. And maybe eventually they will. But at the time that they were locking these guys up, they didn't. And, you know, in or- they just needed to collect major stars and they had to get them um, in the fold any way they, they could. And if that meant making concessions, like, okay. And here's the other thing, too. It's, it's always New Japan, right? Because 
they're still trying to leave that door open as well. So it's kind of like you have to, it, it, it isn't just a leverage play from the talent. It's also a business play from AEW to, you know, the next time they're sitting at the table with new Japan, they're able to say, okay, well, we had no problem letting Moxley work in the G1. We had no problem with this guy coming in for Wrestle Kingdom. We have no problem with Chris Jericho coming in for that. It's 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 sort of a a a, a good faith uh, uh, sort of ploy for the next time they're at the table too. So there's that factor that factors into. It's not like they're giving these guys um, you know carte blanche to go work for you know whoever the fuck. I can't even think of another company that would be relevant enough to where you know you would allow that. Um, so there's there's that factor too. But I do think if they had their way, nobody would be working anywhere except for promotions that they're affiliated with. You know, like your AAA. I mean, that one makes sense because you know, they're 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 in business together. Um but yeah, with the major stars, I don't maybe at some point they'll reach a point where they will have some leverage as a company to where they can tell guys, "No, look, you're exclusive or you can piss off, but they're not there yet. All right. So now let's get back to this Pac Omega thing. So Moxley's done. Unfortunately, it looks like, and, and for people that don't know the injury, if things don't go wrong, if things don't go wrong, like he said, if, if he gets the surgery, he gets the antibiotics, all that sort of stuff, it should be good to go uh, in a few weeks. So he should hopefully be back for uh, TV. Uh, cause it, I would hate to see him out for a prolonged amount of time. And it doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, what you can do to make it worse is, is wrestle on it and not take care of it. That's the CM Punk trial was all about that. If you go back and listen to the podcast, right. this is what he was going with. And you know, the WWE doctors didn't, Hey, just take the Z pack or whatever. It's like, that's not going to, you know, I, maybe I should stop wrestling. And it's bad for everybody. You don't want a guy with more. So it's, it's the best thing in the world to do that. The only issue though. And the one thing I'm really pissed about too, not only just all out of all out, but I think he's out of Bloodsport too, which stinks because Moxie would have been just awesome in Bloodsport. So yeah, fuck. We're gonna have to wait another time for that. But I guess that door's potentially still open <laughs> down the line. But well, that, eh, probably that, not. that's probably gonna close. That's what I mean. This, that's that's another if this one. This is a firm date for working indies. Then that's yeah. it. Damn it. And um, you know, at that point, it's just gonna be those three major stars that we know of who have Second the new Japan clauses new Japan. in the contract. Right, exactly. So, okay. That's it for Moxley. Hopefully should be back by TV. But let's talk about this replacement here with Pac and Omega and most specifically Pac. Uh, we had heard for months and months and months. It was creative. It was Visa. It was creative. It was Visa. It was creative. It was Visa. Joe, what was it? How the hell is he back? What is going on? How is he showing up in Chicago in a week? Well, I mean, if you just think think about it critically with a, with a modicum of no, sense, I'm on Twitter. I can't. No. But I mean, here's the thing: scream. if it if it wasn't a visa issue, why did he not work anywhere in the United States? Y- y- you see what I'm saying? Like, okay, if it was a booking issue, like they presented it, right? Why didn't he take any other high profile bookings in the U.S. that would have paid him a shit ton of money? Exactly. You Somebody you would saying, people, come, you don't come think to people America and him? beat my guy. I don't give a shit because you're coming yeah. to our town and selling tickets. So what you're going to do is you're going to do a meet and greet. You're going to make a shit ton of money. You're going to come to my town and you're going to beat my guy because I don't give a shit because you're coming in and selling tickets. Why Why would he not do that? No, he's going to work Riptide against Cara Noir for <laughs> 150 bucks instead. Like, like just he's gonna not come to WrestleMania weekend and sign shit tons of autographs and sell right. shit ton of shirts. No, exactly. He's gonna go yeah, to the time. So yeah, he's gonna exactly. work, work beer halls in in the UK. Yeah, that's much better. So it's very clearly a visa issue, which has now cleared up. Now I know the timing looks odd because he really, he, you know, he just dropped the Dreamgate title and all of that, and it's like, but but 
United States promoters would have booked him, and they would, like you said, they would have just booked him to win matches. You know, it's like I'm sure right, if he all... didn't want to take a fall, they would have just said, "All right, cool, beat this guy." <laughs> like, it's like right. that is not going to be a no go from every single wrestling promoter in America. Is oh, if this guy's not going to do the job, then uh, frankly, we're just not going to book him. <laughs> like, you know, talk to your local yeah, wrestling mean... promoter. I think he's okay if Pac comes in and beats his guy. Like, there's maybe a few companies that didn't want to do it, or there's maybe AEW didn't want to, you know, whatever. Like, I, I buy that. If you want to say that AEW didn't want, you know, to have him beat him or whatever, whatever, that's fine. But like, insert local indie promotion A or insert super indie B or whatever is probably totally fine with Pac coming in and beating their guy. They don't care. Well, you saw the template everywhere in Europe. You'd put him in a three-way, or you just book him to win, or you know, you you do a fucking DQ. I mean, they would have found a way, and they would have booked the guy. And remember, people tried to book him for WrestleMania weekend, and he had to be pulled off of all of those shows too. So you know, and it wasn't because fucking pancakes and pile drivers said, "Well, you won't do business, sir." Well, then you stay away <laughs> right, from our show, right? You, you want to beat Sammy Callahan on our show? Forget it. You can go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was Rich Swan, I think. Was oh, the right, opponent, yeah, wasn't right, it? Right. It's I'm like, sure Swan. Yeah, I'm sure Swan's like, no, nah, man, no, no, no. Yeah, he probably lost what forty times this year alone. But no, so it's like you know, it's like those. It's it was very clearly a visa issue if you just use a modicum of common sense, but. It's cleared up now, and I see speculation. Are they using it? Are they using a tourist visa? Are they using, you know, I, I, did they pull some different kind of stri- look? It doesn't matter at this point. The point is now he's in, and now we can get going full steam ahead with Pac and AEW because number one, the visa issue is cleared up, and number two, he doesn't have the Dreamgate title uh, precluding him from uh, dropping matches. So both of those things, this is just full on now. You can just use the guy however you wish. You can book him on your shows. And uh, look, he's a major star who brings a ton to the table and is another name to add to their main event mix. And I, I uh, forgot about this, not to interrupt you, but I was looking at Rich Swan's year. I forgot that uh, US versus the world, he lost to Jiro. So, yes, Jiro, <laughs> he'll lose to. Were you at that show? The to Pac, no, no, no. Were you at that show? I was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't remember if you were um, at that one or not. But uh, but yeah, yeah, he ended up wrestling Jiro instead, which yeah. um, so he he was willing to to do work with uh Jiro, but to not right. I mean, you know, I was obviously being facetious there, but it's like exactly. You know, no, I know he's, he's lost. Like I'm looking, he lost to Tony Deppin this year. I lost to Anthony Green. He lost to Marcus Lewis. Like yeah, Swan is is not the guy. So again, like yeah, just use your brain for half a second. Yeah, and like you know. You know these random WrestleMania weekend promotions where you're not screwing up our booking plans, <laughs> sir. You could just stay in fucking Ireland or wherever. Where's he from? It's Irish, right? I don't know. I actually, don't we know should know that, shouldn't we? Pac is from Ireland. Yeah, he's Irish. No, he's from Wales, right? Wales. That's right. Yeah, he's Welsh. All of Europe's mad at us now because <laughs> they're very upset. Yeah, I don't know any of the differences. So, yeah, at least he's not a Scot. No, I'm you don't bury, want to. I'm going to bury the Scots. Why not? Um. We just buried uh, Andrew Sinclair's uh, home promotion, Impact Wrestling. He's a Scott. Is he a Scott? He is a Scott, yeah. Fire him. Very good man. Oh, come on. No, um, so, yeah. So, yeah, he's Welsh, right? That is that why his accent is so awful? The Welsh people have awful accents? I, <laughs> I'm, You know what? I'm not going to just – yes. I may as well just do a sweeping – Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out of this one. You know who I won't bury? The Isle of Man. I'm not going to bury the. No, Isle of no. Man I mean, we know the number one resident of Isle of Man is our number one fan, and uh, this is the number one podcast in the Isle of Man. Exactly. We've got that data confirmed. 
So fuck you, cereal. It's all about the voice of the wrestling flagship. Um, so what are we talking about here? Pac. Yeah. So now it's like, you could do whatever you want with them. You can get them in the country. And, um, you know, this is an interesting matchup with Kenny Omega because it's like, do you beat Pac his first time in? Or do you beat Omega again? That would be two out of three singles matches. He already lost to Jericho. He, uh, he got his uh, heat back, so to speak, against Shima. And um, if you beat him here, it's like, you know, he's one and two. And they're telling you that they're tracking these stats and these records. So he's off to kind of a cold start. But you don't really want to beat Pac coming out of the gate either. So, And this is a promotion where you know you're going to get a finish. Okay. If this were WWE or some other promotion, you know, they might do a non-finish or a DQ or some bullshit. No, we're going to get a winner here. At least that's how they've booked so far, and at least that's how they say they're going to do things, right? So, Rich, this is an interesting match from that point of view, too. Like, where do you go in terms of who wins this? Because you really, it is the situation. And this is why AEW is so interesting, because you can actually sink your teeth into the booking and have a booking discussion. You know what I mean? Right, because like normally if you told me, yeah, if you told me this match is going on in WWE, I'm like, ah, it's a double count on some fuck finish. Like, yeah. Or even more so than that, Rich, it just wouldn't fucking It wouldn't matter. matter. Yeah, it wouldn't matter whatsoever. Like the outcome does not fucking matter. Like they can do whatever they want and it doesn't make a difference, right? But this outcome matters, right? There's momentum to be had here and, you know, someone's moving forward in the booking and someone's getting left behind. And you can have those meaningful booking discussions when it comes to this promotion so far, they've kept their noses clean for the most part where you can say, okay, that booking decision sucked. And here's why this booking decision was very good. And here's why, because they've, they've for the most part held their promise and kept the shenanigans out of it. With the exception of that one finish where the women's match, where, where Brandy jumped on the apron, uh, uh, remember? And uh, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but, but for the most part, they've, they've held that up. So, I think it's a very interesting match from that point of view. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see it uh, in terms of like how it's, yeah, in, in terms of the match itself, how it's going to be wrestling and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you have Omega, we know he's going to do all he can to make it great. And, and and Pac is a guy that people that haven't watched him, we, we, we have to sort of preface this. I think now, especially if this can be the first time a lot of people are going to be seeing him, is that Pac is such a great character wrestler right now, but he's not necessarily always delivering in terms of like incredible match at your level matches would you would you agree or disagree with that like and that's not that's not disparaging him i love watching Pac matches they're just not always what you think that they're going to be you come into it thinking oh this is going to be it's this guy he's going to go out there he's going to kill it he's going to do a thousand moves and, and kick out of a bunch of stuff they're, they aren't always that now he's against kenny omega is he gonna is that gonna be one of the ones where he steps it up a little bit and and, and make sure it's an incredible match an incredible back and forth i don't know it could be a character match it could be a little bit more regardless it's going to be fun and entertaining even they, if it's not no, that sort I, of listen they're going to go out there and fucking kill it. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that I, I just want to make sure that people are aware that not every single time you're seeing pockets, it's always this over the top, unbelievable. But, but, but I think against Kenny Omega on this stage, I think there's a very good chance that he goes out there and does everything he can to, to, to make it an incredible match. So yeah, that I'm really interested in. And like you said too, the results I'm super interested in too, because Pac, you want, you obviously want to start him out on the right foot. So it makes all the sense in the world to have Pac beat Omega, but then it's Omega. like, do you really want Omega down? that many losses already like that's that's an uphill climb for him and yeah like you can heat a guy up pretty quickly after that but still it's just the aesthetics of that is odd where it's just like oh shit kenny omega is just like i don't know (laughs) he's like he's losing a lot and that again that might they might want that over him winning all the time because you don't want that idea that the guy that you know one of the guys that's running the company just wins every one of his matches or whatever but at a certain point you 
and I am sure everybody kind of believes that Omega is going to be in that title picture, that he's going to be in that mix at some point, that he's going to need to be that. And if records do count, they can't realistically say, yeah, this guy that's one and three, yeah, he's going to get a title shot. Like, that's not how it's going to right. work. It can't work that way. They're going to look is from uh, Pac is from Newcastle, by the there way. There we go. Okay. Not even, he's well, not even matter. from... We've not, already gotten a ton of angry texts. So that we have, <laughs> but he's not even from Wales. He's just from fucking England, apparently. Um, Newcastle, which is in North East England, up by Scotland. So maybe that's where he gets the bad accent, right? Yeah, I, I, it could, he maybe grew up on I hard told streets. you. Maybe he grew damn, up on hard streets, maybe, but, you know. It's those it's fucking spots. It I tried to tell you. It it's the Scots. Fault, yeah. And it's rubbing off from the Scots. <laughs> um, through the area. Uh, all right. So anything else on, uh, on on Pac versus Omega? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Didn't Pac have that gruesome hole in his leg a couple weeks ago? Like that's gonna uh, be. It. Did you see that or no? I don't think I did. No, I don't think I did. He got a giant literal hole in his like inside of his thigh, and I guess that's healed enough to where um, he can wrestle, but it looks right, really I'm fucking disgusting. Do I want to click on this? Um, I don't think I want to click on this, but I'm going to click on it anyway. Uh, all right. Ooh. Eek. The nasty injury. Wish right? I hadn't looked at that. <laughs> that is uh, eek. Yeah, that See, was uh, August 3rd, but uh, that'll, that'll heal up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be all right. Put a little ointment on there. Oh, get in there. Hey, get an infection. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> right. Um. See, I the one thing though, I think he's had great matches this year, particularly in Dragon Gate. Yeah, some of the the, the indie stuff, but you know, I've liked more than I've disliked. I I, I get here's the thing with it. I get that with there was a lot of people that have not liked his output and has thought his output is a little overrated. Or I'm going to tell you why. He's working to his gimmick number one, mm-hmm. and you know he he's did, not he did out. that in WWE too. We talked about it at did. the time too when he That's was in right. 205 Live. He was kind of a troll character in a lot of ways. So yes, and number two, it's a lot of people that, you know, aren't paying any attention to Dragon Gate, they're watching his indie stuff and look at the handicaps he's working under. Bullshit fucking finishes, which always take a match down and kind of take the air out of you, right? Three-way matches with people who aren't on his level. It's like, and yeah, that's his fault if you want to, you know, frame it that way because he's the one that wasn't willing to do business, but it is what it is, and I think that's why a lot of those matches didn't deliver the way people thought they would. You have the combination of a guy who's working a character uh, with the handicap of you know uh, matches that either have bullshit finishes or, or shitty three ways. But what, if you watch the Dragon Gate World Title matches, where it's you know him versus KZ or him versus Dragon Kid or him versus uh, Ben K or, or whoever else, when it's just him in there having a World Title caliber main event caliber match, he's killed it. So that's why I think without any of those handicaps anymore, and he, he's going to get in there with Omega, you know Omega's going to want to kill it, especially against a guy like this where a lot of people consider it as sort of a dream match. I don't have any concerns about the match quality. I think they're going to go out there and fucking kill it. And it would have to be, to me, the favorite for match of the night with the caveat of you are someone who's sick of the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Because the Bucks and the Lucha Bros in a ladder match, a lot of people are going to fucking love that. That's going to be an uphill battle for Joe Lanza and Rich Krage because we, you know, we've talked about it a million times. You know what I mean? That we've seen those guys wrestle a, a zillion times, and it's going to be harder to impress us. So, you know, I think I think Pac versus Omega to me would be the the, the favorite for match of the night because I really do think they're both going to go out there. Um, you know, and then, and here's the thing with Pac too, Rich. Remember. 
This is his first match in a new company where he has an opportunity to make a shit ton of money. Don't you think he wants to go out there and impress? Oh, I'm sure. His bosses and make sure that he gets pushed and all that. I mean, so this is just the perfect storm. Plus, it's a replacement match for what was the previous money main event. So they feel like, from Omega's point of view, that he owes the fans to... Look, this has every ingredient to be a fucking killer match. I am not worried about the match quality at all. Yeah, and I did want to say that that a lot of the Pac stuff this year, that that even stuff that people didn't like, you know, matches they didn't like with him, I love the story of it because it was so different, because it was so unique yeah. or whatever. The idea of him, in some cases, like there, there, what was it, the Osprey match? I think that I really enjoyed, where like he could have finished him off, but just decided, ah, I don't fucking care, and right. just like mm-hmm. you know, just walked out of the ring and let the the countout happen. Like people yeah. were really upset, like oh, that finish sucked, and I was like, that finish was awesome because it's like yeah. I believe that Pac is like, eh, fuck it, I don't care, man, <laughs> like, I'm yeah. out of here. What do I got? Four seconds left. Nah, I'm good. Like, I, like that's awesome. I like that sort of stuff, and I get it. Where like some people don't really enjoy that, but but, but there was yeah. I, I I more liked his output than disliked it this year. Yeah, but the was, Riptide was, match ruled too. I exactly mean, right. So there was enough. Them. There was enough out there that I think his output was. was but I understand good, why but. people didn't like some of those matches. I get it for sure. Yeah, and so I just want to preface that if you haven't seen him in a while, uh, that you might be maybe a little. But I, I like again. I don't know if that's needed for this match because I think he's going to come out there and, and deliver it. So. Anyway, next week we'll talk about All Out uh, in excruciating detail, I'm sure, as we cover each and every match and preview it and all that sort of stuff. But uh, speaking of AEW, we, of course, have to get to this, uh, the announcement this week that NXT is moving to Wednesdays. And Joe, the wrestling wars have begun. The Wednesday Night Wars, NXT Live from Full Sail versus AEW on TNT. What are your thoughts on NXT moving to Wednesdays? What are your thoughts on Joe Lanza making fun of people's accents? That <laughs> yes. That's look. I talk about not being self-aware. Right? I have no room to talk, man. I got no room to talk. So yeah, this is a show full of awful accents. Yeah, we talk um, a mile a minute. We're nasally. We're it's yeah, disgusting. We're just disgusting. Sometimes human I, sometimes I listen back to like my solo shows, and it's just my fucking nose whistles that come out of my fucking nose. Like I'm like, how do people? Oh, I know those. I know those nose whistles. Yeah, when you're doing the long pauses, and I hear it, and I I know that noise because i've obviously heard it for <laughs> years i got years the, the nose whistles coming out you know it's it, i'm like god what do i do to st- i gotta like consciously think about not breathing sometimes so that those fuck i can't prevent the nose whistles. i just thought of, i just i'm thinking about it right now and wondering if i do it and i just almost coughed because <laughs> i was like trying to yeah. breathe but not breathe loudly and then i just nearly ended up asking i got so, fucked anyway. up nostrils that's why so i got the fucking nose whistles i have a a fucking like okay, a deviated septum what do you got there no 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 like my mother smoked through her pregnancy right so <laughs> me and my brothers each have a fucking birth defect right <laughs> so mine See, is how i laughed about that i should not have laughed about that no nah, it's funny it's you know we we rag on each other like my, my brother has one ear bigger than the other i'm all over him you know it's like it's it's a thing but mine is i was starting to grow like a third fucking nostril so like on one side i have like this fucking growth of skin and cartilage where it's almost formed a third nostril and hmm. it causes the fucking nose whistling i never noticed this but now i will never meet you again without noticing well, this again you'll so. never notice it because you got to get like under my face oh, i'm gonna to get see. no i'm gonna get there yeah that's what i'm gonna do well, i'll show you i'll lift up and show you but it's it's not like it doesn't yeah. look freakish yeah. it just looks like a little flap so it's like but my but my other brother got it the worst. He had a heart attack at 32, and his heart's all fucked up. Ah, so yeah, that's that, I would take the the weird nostril over heart attack. Yeah, that's uh, he actually had, no, he had the heart attack when he, I'm sorry, he's 32. He had the heart attack when he was 24. So you, you know, so he he got the bad heart. I'll take the one ear bigger than the other, or the or the slight formation of a third nostril over 
you know, thinking you're going to die of a heart attack every day you wake up. He got, he clearly got it the worst, but, um, anyway, don't smoke when you're pregnant. That's the uh, moral of the story here. Listen, it was the seventies. It was different times, you know? Um, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about the NXT movie to Wednesdays. Yes. So, um, how are we going to approach this? There's a lot of different angles we can take. <sighs> yeah. Let, okay. Let's start off first. Um, the just the very idea of NXT moving to Wednesdays. And this is something that we had talked about as a real possibility for, for, for months on end that, that yeah, WWE was it, going yeah. to respond. They weren't going to not respond. Watch it. Look at any of the history of WWE ever dating back to the minute <laughs> Vince McMahon Jr. Took over this company in what? 1983. I think it, excuse it, me, Rich, excuse oh, me. I'm sorry. Vincent Kennedy, <laughs> not... Excuse me, Rich. WWE was on Wednesday first, okay? It was AEW that chose to callously go head-to-head. That is the official uh, uh, stance of the WWE side. Don't forget that. If AEW would have picked fucking Tuesdays for their show. They would have said, forget it. Well, <laughs> have fun, guys. Enjoy. Like, yeah. They would have, no, NXT would have still been on Wednesdays, Rich, because they were there first. That's really what they're telling people. That AEW are the ones that are infringing on their day of the week. Could you imagine AEW and TNT sitting in a fucking boardroom, curling their mustaches and cracking their fingers and saying, you know what we should do, guys? We should go head to head with WWE's third string brand that airs behind a paywall. That'll get them. We need to be on Wednesdays so we can take down NXT which airs behind a paywall. I mean, who is buying that? But I say that, but Rich, there are people buying that. There there are people who are legitimately saying, hey, this is, listen, AWS for this, okay? WWE, they had Wednesday first. They made their bed. Now they got a lie in it. And then they truly believe that if AEW would have picked Tuesday or fucking Thursday or fucking Sunday, that WWE wouldn't have put NXT on any one of those days to counter them. Here's the thing, though. If AEW chose to go head-to-head with WWE, why didn't they just pick Monday or Friday? Why'd they fucking pick Wednesday to pick on the fucking web show? It doesn't make any sense. No, it's... it's, it's why am I wasting my breath on this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, uh, again, if you listen to the show, too, we, I think, I, God, Joe, what was it? Five months ago, six no, months ago, did. said Wednesday's the day that AEW is going to be on Wednesday. Because anybody, again, with a brain that can rationally think about this and lives outside of a bubble of pressing would be able to tell you, okay, Correct. Mondays, they're not going to deal with Mondays. If they had big balls, they could do Mondays. I, I advocated for it. I said, you know what? Hey, look, go fucking go for it. Do my, like, if I was at the boardroom, like I said, if I'm sitting there, you know, with, with everybody and, 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 and Tony Khan and all those guys and said, hey, you know what? We got big balls. Let's go for Monday. Let's go at them. Hopefully yeah. I would get shot down and they would say, Rich, that's, that's, that's stupid. No, we're not going to do that. But I would at least bring it up in the meeting of, hey, let's go for it. Yeah, it's Monday Night Football. We're up against Monday Night Football and Monday Night Raw. But let's give it a try. I would have at least given it a try. I'm glad I'm not in the boardroom. I shouldn't have been in the boardroom. That's a bad idea. They decided not to do Mondays. No problem. Tuesdays, we said, at the time that this recording, and they, they've changed it around a little bit, but it's still going to happen. In some form or fashion, it won't be what it was then. But at the time, the NBA had their players only thing on TNT on Tuesdays. So we're saying that probably was not going to be a thing too. And Mondays too. They started moving games to Mondays after NFL was done. 
So again, NBA, that's a big property. NBA is a huge property. I know people that live in wrestling bubbles don't understand, but the NBA does insane ratings, insane numbers. Right. They are going to go wherever the NBA is going to go, Turner is going to go for that day. Right. So Tuesday, effectively out. Monday, effectively after a certain point, out. Unless they want to move you know, them to another channel or whatever, or, or AW to another channel, but AW signed to be with TNT. Okay, we know that. Thursday, again, huge NBA night. That is the NBA night for TNT. Thursday was never – I I I wasn't in the meetings. I don't know the meetings. Thursday was never going to be an option, ever. No. TNT would have said no. No shot. <laughs> Immediately. They said Thursday's scratched out, no. That's our marquee night for NBA basketball. Right. That is the night that – TNT has had Thursdays for as long as I've been watching basketball. Right. As long as they've been on TNT, at least. I think, what, what 20, 25 years? I think at this point they've been on Thursdays. That was a no-go. Fridays, that's death. You don't want to be on Fridays. Right. They maybe presented Fridays. They could have maybe gone on Fridays and went up against SmackDown, moving to Fox on Fridays. But that's kind of dumb. It's death only, not only because you're going up against a big property in WWE, but you're going up against, it's a fucking Friday. Like, I wouldn't have wanted that if I was them. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday, same deal. You could do Saturday and Sunday, but why? Wednesday was the only day. It was always going to be the day. We said the only option is Wednesday. Well, they wanted Tuesday, and we know this because they registered Tuesday Night Dynamite, and um, they flat out, you know, we, we were flat out told that they went into the room and asked for Tuesday, but Turner wanted Wednesday, and, you know, so they went with Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, we, we basically eliminated all the other days months and months ago, and basically that has to be Wednesday, um, and, and, and there we are. But this idea that, you know, WWE is presenting that they have been counter-programmed. I mean, it's just patently absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean... And again, yeah. do any amount of history... And, and again, I don't care that WWE does that. You do well, and I love it. I like that they said, okay... Makes things way more interesting. Here's a counter-punch then. Alright, you're going to punch? We're going to counter-punch. They, yeah. Great. Good. I love it. But yeah. that's 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 business 101. That's Vince McMahon 101 of what yeah. he has done. for Even the smallest property that tries yes. to, 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 to create wrestling content in his marketplace this is the counterpunch you're going to get you're always going to get a counterpunch for them they're never no, going to let not anybody counterpunch it's also he always positions himself as the victim oh of course oh you came to wednesday we've been on wednesday since 2014 how dare you you you're you're coming to our day when in, when in reality it's them obviously the ones that are counter programming which again i'm okay with too i have no problem with that that's business. I get it. But they're they have to present it like they were the innocent victim. And it's it's it that's always the playbook. It's counter program, be predatory if you want to call it that, and present yourself as the victim. It has always been that from day one with Vince McMahon, and we're seeing it again. Mm-hmm. The way with, with the way this scenario is playing out. So I mean, I could come in here and be all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" Like I knew this was coming. <laughs> like you know, like I yeah. don't. We're gonna probably have a lot of different reactions than a lot of other people had because I'm not surprised at all. Like just follow the playbook. <laughs> like if you look at yeah. history. Of course they were gonna do this. So I'm like not surprised. It was like all right. It was only a matter of time until they were gonna do something to kind of. AEW is not surprised. No, they knew. They're, they're not surprised. They guys follow it's, history. Those guys know their shit. Yeah, they're they're not they're not surprised about it either. You don't think Dusty and, uh, Rhodes' kid doesn't know that Vince McMahon's going to counterpunch? I mean, how stupid do you have to be <laughs> to truly buy into the idea that if AEW had picked any other day of the week, that a WWE 
would have moved NXT to a net, to network television, right? And B, they still would have kept it on Wednesday regardless because that was their night. How stupid of a human being do you have to be to truly, honestly believe that? Rich, how many of the people saying that do you think truly, honestly believe that? And what percentage of those people are just being fucking whatever you want to call it? Trolls, homers. Um, I mean, do you think that there's people who truly, honestly believe um... Because Jimmy Corderas apparently truly believes that. Jimmy Corderas is out here telling people that, oh, well, this has been in the works for a long time. And that was their night of the week. And AEW were the ones that, uh, you know, picked Wednesday. and, and, And it's like he believes it. So is there a certain chunk of the pot who are actually that fucking stupid who genuinely believe that outside of Jimmy Corderas? Yeah, because uh, Jimmy, I do think is smart. I don't know what the hell that was all about. Well, I can't tell you the deal with Jimmy is. He was employed there for 20 years. You you get right? you get it gets a, you get a frame of mind when you go there. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, if I'd be employed there forever, I would kind of get that same idea. You get that. I'm sure Vince, like you said, gets that complex with everybody and everybody kind of starts believing it. I mean, you have to, right? Well, it's not only that, too. If you navigate around your little WWE network, Rich, um, you will find that Jimmy Corderas pops up on those pay-per-view watch-alongs. Oh, so, I didn't know he did. Okay, I don't go uh, to the pay-per-view yeah, watch-alongs. Well, a lot of oh. people wouldn't know that because no one's watching those fucking dopey pay-per-view <laughs> watch-alongs. Okay? But, um, you know, so he, you might even be, he may even be being paid by them currently. So when you learn that information, it's like, oh, okay, well, this guy, you can instantly reject any opinion that he has on the matter because – He's either a part-time employee currently or because he's appearing on network, you know, stuff, right? He's, he may be angling for another job or be angling for a paycheck. But there's a relationship there between Jimmy Corderas and WWE. So it's like that kind of explains it because I can't accept – I can't accept that anyone is that stupid. I can't. Like, I, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is that fucking dumb. I don't think it's possible to be that dumb. But you see that out there, and it's unfathomable to me that people genuinely believe it. But but anyway, that's that's where we are. We've got NXT moving a two-hour show to USA Network on Wednesday nights, which, again, we spoke here about the Big East basketball months and months ago and how difficult that was going to be to overcome. I actually did more research since then. Rich, it's a 12-year, $500 million deal that Fox has (laughs) with the Big East. And the problem is Wednesdays is a loaded day. There's two games on FS1 and two games on FS2 practically every Wednesday night. And that contract between Fox and the Big East specifies that Fox must air every Big East game. That's in the contract. So you can't just come in with your wrestling show and bump all of those basketball games because they are contractually obligated to air every game, which was going to make putting NXT on Wednesday nights on FS1 incredibly difficult just logistically. Right. Let alone when you're going to break the contract. You're asking all of these schools and universities to change their fucking basketball schedules and access to buildings and everything else. Rich, it was way too many dominoes that needed to fall. Vince McMahon like wants to be a bull in a china shop and just fucking say, put my shit up. But these networks have other deals. You can't just fucking, you know, what's the Big East going to say? Well, hold on a minute. 
we have a fucking you know five hundred million dollar deal here with seven years left on the deal, and you need to air our fucking. You are contractually obligated to air these games. So I never bought for a second it was going to be FS1. Now, now one thing that was kind of interesting, and I, I'm curious what, what you think about because I listened to this, and this was Dave Meltzer, I believe, on Saturday, last Saturday's uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. They were talking about this, uh, and the quote that he said is. Uh, uh, FS1 obviously lost God knows how many hours of UFC programming, which hurts them because UFC programming is some of the strongest stuff they had. NASCAR was kind of like the strongest, I think, on FS1, but UFC was very strong on FS1, and they lost all of that. Part of the deal was the idea that the money they were going to spend on UFC were going to spend on WWE. They had a shot, but the other thing is that nobody said anything. Then the people would be like, whatever, okay, yada, yada, whatever. <laughs> he was like, essentially, again, reading Dave Meltzer is probably not the best thing in the world, but essentially that they were telling affiliates that they were going to get an NXT. FS1 was telling affiliates, or Fox was telling affiliates that they were going to get NXT, and now they're not. So Dave was running with the idea that FS1 and Fox are upset that they didn't get this, that, that, that they're upset that NXT went to USA. And I, I don't know if that's bad info, and I, or I don't know if Fox thought that they could tell NXT, hey, how about 10 p.m.? Or, hey, yeah, you can come to FS1. How about you run at 11? Or how about you run at 5? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that implication is. Dave doesn't specify that that was the time slot that they absolutely had to have. I, I don't know. What, what do you make of that? Because, I, again, knowing what I know and knowing what you, what you know about doing the research about the, the Big East basketball or whatever is that FS1, th- there was no possible way for them to be NXT Live 8 to 10 on FS1 on Wednesdays. There was just no way to do it without selling games to another network. Right. Fox doesn't have to necessarily air the games themselves. They just have to guarantee that the games are on the air. In other words, every year they sell a small package of those Big East games to CBS, and CBS airs them on CBS Sportsnet. Every year they do that, which is why some of the Big East games pop up on CBS Sportsnet. It just would have been a logistical nightmare to work all that out this late in the game when the schedules are about to come out. Now, what's fishy about what Dave said is he mentions that Fox was telling affiliates. What would affiliates have to do with this? Right. This would have been on FS1. It has nothing to do with local affiliates, which tells me maybe Fox was trying to get this on Fox proper, which to me is story than them trying to get, obviously, than trying to get it on FS1. Because you wouldn't need to talk to affiliates or get affiliates involved if you were putting this on FS1. There's no need for that. So that was always fishy to me that Fox was telling affiliates that they were potentially getting. Yeah, I, I don't know what to buy about that. Yeah, I just thought that quote was interesting, but knowing what we know, I never thought that that was a possibility that they'd be on FS1. No, never thought like, it was a possibility. It, it was, you're, you're moving around a lot of big ticket basketball games, a lot of big ticket schools, telling everybody to change their schedules, doing all that sort of stuff. They're not going to do that for WWE. They paid a billion dollars or whatever, but still, that it's not worth ruining whatever that relationship that they have with Big East basketball and all that sort of stuff and moving things around and doing all that sort of stuff. I I, I believe that probably if they, if they said, hey, can we go on FS1? They said, yeah, sure, you can go on after Big East basketball. Yeah, sure, you can have Thursday. You can have whatever day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that was a situation where they said, sure, we'd love to have NXT on, on FS1. And then the idea was, okay, it needs to be on Wednesdays at 8 to 10. And they were like, no, that's no, no way. I, I buy that. That, are, that. that discussion happened. I'm it's totally only- with you. I think yeah. Fox saw an opportunity and they don't understand maybe the politics behind it all. And it has to be Wednesday 8 to 10. That's the whole point. Right. I'm sure they gave them, yeah, okay, sure, you can do it on Tuesdays at this and Thursdays at this, whatever. Like, you know, or not knowing the exact schedules. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, five to whatever. seven, 10 to 11 or 11 to uh, yeah. Uh, one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fine. Great. We're paying a bunch of money for you. Sure, we'll take another property. But the idea that, no, 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 it's a no go. We have to be Wednesdays at 8 to 10 was probably the, okay, well, then no. <laughs> like, then you can move on. So, and then so it I buy. Working, it ended up working out better for WWE anyway, because USA is a stronger place Absolutely. to be than FS1. So that's where I think Dave maybe lost a little bit. Because I, I don't 
don't know that Dave knows as much about the sports TV industry maybe as you and I do. Right. Um, where I think maybe he lost the idea there that FS1 was probably excited about getting NXT on their schedule, but didn't know that it was ironclad that it had to be at this time. Right. And I think it, that's probably where it stopped. Where they maybe were telling people, hey, we're going to get this new property from WWE. Yeah, we paid them a bunch of money and they had this other new show that we're going to be able to air on X or whatever. And then when WWE said, oh, no, 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 it needs to be on at this time. Right. And that it wasn't Fox saying, hey, look, WWE, we paid you a bunch of money, so we're going to tell you when your show is going to be on. Because yeah. we have all these other properties that we're paying for that WWE counters with. No, 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 no. It needs to be on this time, which Fox is going, no, <laughs> no, you don't get to tell us what time this show gets to be on. Right. Or they just at that point saw the roadblock and started talking to USA. And then USA was like, sure, we have 8 to 10 Wednesday. Friday. Right. Exactly. And then they were like, well, that's better anyway. So we'll just do business with them. The fact that Dave brings up affiliates, that tells me that Fox was thinking that this could have been on Fox proper if it worked out properly. Because otherwise, you, again, you don't need affiliates involved. Right, which, which leads me to believe, wonder if it was even the idea of, hey, this is a great late night programming. <laughs> like knowing how big stations think yeah. is is like Ring of Honor. I know on the Sinclair networks, a lot of the ones that, that I don't get it in Chicago, but a lot of the ones I know around here, it airs at like fucking 11 p.m. on like Tuesday nights or whatever. It, it's late night after the news. Right. After the news, the affiliate goes to to ROH. Like it, it'll be local news, maybe an episode of some fucking syndicated, you know, comedy, and then Ring of Honor's on after that. And and well, that's a big business for them too. So I wonder if maybe that was an idea too, where Fox was telling people, "Hey, look, this NXT property would be a great idea to have on after your local news or whatever. Or, hey, after, after you know, still standing or whatever the fucking Tim Allen, whatever, like right, right. some of that bullshit after King and Queens. Hey, it'd be a great idea to throw this NXT on afterwards, not knowing that no, 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 it needs to be on at this time. That Vince McMahon and WWE is thinking that they're in the position of power to say no, 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 it has to be on eight to ten on Wednesdays." And then maybe got knocked down a peg where Fox goes, no, dude, no. Are you out of your mind? No. Well, you know, because they're definitely not counter programming and they were there first. Right. So it has to be there Wednesday, eight to 10, because they're not counter programming at all. That's definitely not the case here. But I mean, just to get it on, I mean, you don't understand the dominoes that need to fall. I mean, Fox then has to renegotiate with the Big East and either compensate them for not being able to air the games or to uh, move the games. And moving the games is nearly impossible. I mean, you just look at a school like St. John's that plays in Madison Square Garden. MSG is in the winter is packed solid every night of the week between the Knicks, the fucking Rangers, St. John's. You can't just tell St. John's, oh, by the way, <laughs> these five home games you had on Wednesday, you got to move them to another day. There is no other day. The building is occupied every day. Same goes for Georgetown with whatever they call that building now. We just talked about that a couple weeks ago. What do they call that? It used to be the Verizon Center. Now it's whatever. Yeah, then I remember it being the MCI Center, and I don't know if – Capital One Arena. Capital yeah. One Arena. You know, so these schools – and even even the smaller schools that play at on or near campus, you have the women's basketball team that's in the building. You have the fucking volleyball team that's in the right. – It's just logistics. Yeah, there's, there are also schools too. I know that uh, <laughs> you know many of them are going pro in something other than sports, yada, yada, but like – Legitimately, like they can't just say, "Oh, yeah, sorry, no." Now we're all moving everything to Tuesdays now because WWE is going to be on FS. Like that's not—it's just not it that just easy. With well, a professional it, team, you can move things a little bit around because these are professionals. Yeah, okay. Hey guys, your game on Wednesday—it's now on Tuesday. All right, whatever. Who cares? As long as the building's booked, that's fine. It's a little tougher to tell a college that, yeah, you know, by the way, you up and move, and you gotta—that that can't happen anymore. Like, it's—it yeah. it just doesn't work that way. Like a lot of times when college football games get rained out or whatever, they either don't happen again because that's it's right. just like, well, no, we can't 
get our entire team to fly to fucking California to make up this game. Like, no, we're not. It's not. It's not impossible. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, you see that every year, early season college football games, they get washed out because of hurricane threats or or whatever the case may be, and they just get canceled because it's logistically it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, Louisville can't get to South Florida again that year. It's just like sorry, we just can't. You know, we can't get everybody on a plane to go to South Florida in December. So forget it. The game. You were asking. You were asking and expecting the Big East to, to to change their entire schedule around at the very last minute too. That's the other thing. These schedules are coming out like next week. It, it, they're probably finalized at this point. They're just waiting to release. It, it was Wednesdays eight to ten on FS1 was never happening. And if you listen to this show, you knew that. But anyway, they're on USA. They're in a better position anyway than they would have been on FS1. Yeah, great accident. They fell into a better situation actually. So. Absolutely. And now we've got the uh, the head to head. And just based on the fact that the the one-off NXT that USA aired with very little promotion did about 800,000 viewers uh, with incredible promotion and with, I'm assuming, major stars being on the first one and all that, for a two-hour version that gets uh, a ton of uh, promotion and hype, uh, you can safely assume that this version of NXT out of the gate is going to do well over a million viewers. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, definitely, yeah. So, I mean, they are going to, I think, not only beat AEW, but I think they're going to crush AEW out of the gate. Just some of your – now, you may disagree on that. but I, I, um, AEW I don't is so we, weird in terms of I don't know how to properly predict them anymore because they keep kind of surprising me with everything that they do. But if I was a betting man and you said, you know, a little the old gun to the head scenario, I would say the WWE comfortably beats AEW. I think if AEW beats – or even comes within 300,000 viewers, it's a massive embarrassment to WWE. Right, that's the story of the year, then. They should crush them. They should absolutely crush them. You know, if, if they did 800,000 with no promotion, and now you're going to do a ton of promotion, you know they're going to load it up with stars. Okay? Because that's the other thing. NXT, as we know it, is dead. Okay? Uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be a completely different show. If you think they're building around Vanessa Bourne, and fucking Aaliyah. Yeah, Aaliyah's gonna, yeah, I saw Aaliyah uh, saying, Oh, I'm so excited to be on USA. And I was like, Ooh, Aaliyah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not wrestling on USA ever. Uh, you got to go now. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah, There's a very good chance the first music you hear on NXT on USA is dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. you're getting major stars. Oh, absolutely. It's Roman. Yeah, coming Roman, out. Daniel Bryan's gonna be Daniel there. Come on. They want to crush Seth, Seth will be there. Yes, and they have the ability to do so depending on how much they want to load this fucking thing up. So I think NXT is going to change forever. And I think that, you know, we've talked about this for years, Rich, but I think finally they're actually – they're going to have a developmental for their developmental. NXT is not a developmental show anymore. It hasn't been for a while anyway. But now it really isn't because it's now uh, a show that's, ex- that's expected to draw on a network. So now they need a, a they need a developmental again. And I think eventually they're going to have, I think, on the network within a year, you're going to have what NXT used to be. I don't know what they're going to call it. I don't know what it, you know it's going to fucking look like or who's going to – but they're going to have a developmental show. I firmly believe that because now NXT is completely not that. I mean it really hasn't been. But now it really isn't. Right. And, and the idea, too, is like and, – and you're bringing it up when you bring up like your Vanessa Bournes and your Aaliyahs and that sort of stuff is like people might say, oh, well, no, they could still put them on the undercards or whatever. But no, they can't because they they want to win every fucking minute of that show. 
That's right. And if they know, and again, this goes back to the old WCW thing of Bischoff changing the game by saying, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to have jobber matches. Put put Hogan versus Savage. Who cares? I want to win the night. And 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 like ever since then, like the idea now that you can just kind of they're not going to be able to put Vanessa Bourne versus Aaliyah, you know, a, 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 in the opener and say, ah, whatever. Who cares what AEW is going to do? Even if AEW, even if they're blowing AEW out of the water, they would be so scared of people switching over and going, ooh, okay. That's right. And AEW saying, oh, they're putting on Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah? Sweet. Okay, cool. Let's do this. Or, hey, let's The counter-programming between those two is going to be... And again, I love this shit. This shit's awesome. I love the idea that there's a fucking monitor under the announce table. And they're like, oh, all right. Like, yeah. you know, a gorilla. They're like, oh, shit, commercial. All right, go. Let's go. Like, WCW was doing that. The quarter-hour things. The 805s. The 705s. The, you know, the, the, the overrun. All this sort of stuff was all counter-programming. The, okay, they're going to commercial. Let's come back from like all this sort of stuff it's great i love this shit this shit's awesome but the idea it, it's dead and gone that you're going to get anything even resembling what this current nxt is because this current nxt does have its stars it has its big moments but man if vince mcmahon is running the show we know what vince mcmahon looks like we know what vince mcmahon's booking looks like and even if they say oh no he's not going to be involved joe why of course he's gonna be come involved. on <laughs> and, and, and why are they gonna roll the dice on Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream going up against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho when they have other established stars, then they can really, you know, unload the artillery and, and truly go after them. There's no exactly. question. In my, right. I mean, I've seen people speculate that maybe they'll wait and see. And if they're not doing that well, or if they're not beating them by as much as they think, or if they're losing to them, then you'll see the big stars. Why even fuck around? You know what I mean? It's like oh no, they're going to come out of the gate just fucking firing. Well, you, they, get a, they get a head start, right? They're going to be on a couple weeks before uh, AEW starts, correct? Uh, yes, the yeah, they have a, I believe a two week, a two week uh, head start. Yeah, so maybe you don't like come out of the gate with all of those because maybe you save that for when AEW debuts, right? So you do a couple weeks worth of storylines with the current geeks that are there and, and maybe you sprinkle in some main roster guys and then you build to the big, I don't fucking know Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar appearance in NXT and you peak it for the AEW debut. You know what I mean? Maybe they do that. But what I'm saying is when they're head to head with AEW, there's going to be major main roster stars all over NXT. Right. It and- wouldn't even shock me if at some point like raw and SmackDown, which supposedly have a brand split, but we all know that they don't, that NXT ends up just getting all mixed up and everybody's on every show. Oh, for I mean, sure. that's just the way they do things. No, definitely. They talk about these brand splits and then it means nothing in two weeks. Yeah, they, they, yeah they're all gung-ho about it for about a month and then they just yeah. it just doesn't matter anymore. And yeah, at this point now, it's like the Revival's going for the SmackDown title and people are like, wait a minute, I thought they were whatever. But yeah, it, it, no, it's completely irrelevant. And and the idea too that I'm bringing up, uh, you know, is, is people talk about, oh, well, you know, they're not going to change, you know, what NXT does. And they say, if you think that they're going to go with those video packages that they go with, that they're going to go with long, you know, packages showing, you know, Johnny Gargano training and all that, that, I, that I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I think that stuff's gone. Maybe at first. Maybe. But Vince maybe doesn't first, take that shit because he thinks that, that yeah. you're watching a video and you're bored and you're going to switch over. That's why you don't get, that's why people watch these NXT personality pieces and go, oh, geez, this would be great for Raw. And yeah, it would be great for Raw. It'd get guys over a lot more. They used to do it, but they don't do it anymore because they're so fearful that you're going to watch a promo video or whatever and go, ah, fuck it. I'm out. You know, I'll, I'll come back when a match is happening. You know, there, there's, if you don't think that this show is going to resemble the Vince McMahon playbook and you think it's going to be, you know the, the the you know it's two trainees in an opening match, a promo, 
two trainees, a squash match, and then you're, you know maybe a big match in the main event. Get out of here. That's not what it's going to be. Yeah, you're nuts. You're out of your mind if you think it's going to follow anything. Like you said, NXT is dead. The NXT that we know, that it's we dead. knew, is dead. It's gone. And that's fine. It, it it's may a not start thing, off though. that way, but it'll end up that way. Right. And it's going to look exactly like – it's going to be – it's going to look just like Raw and SmackDown in full sale is what it's going to be. Because um, they are starting off in full sale, right? Oh, uh, yeah, they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's going to be the only difference that they're in the smaller building, but it's going to be structured the same way. Because like you said, they're not going to risk doing an eight-minute personality profile on fucking Keith Lee when Kenny Omega's wrestling on the other channel. They're not doing that. Okay? You're going to get world title match. I'm telling you, this is just the third fucking main roster brand now. And it's all going to be intermingled eventually. And and especially if they're not crushing AEW out of the gate. Then they're just going to turn it up immediately. You know, their, their, their effort levels in terms of what main roster infiltration you get on that show is going to be directly dependent on the viewership gap. But they're, they're going to do everything that they can not to lose. And um, I don't think – look, I, I don't think – I think – I don't see any way the AEW show beats NXT. I just don't see it in viewership. I'd be, I don't, I, I'd be, I'd be stunned if they did. That would be – like I said, that would be the story of the year if they come out of the gates and, 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 and beat WWE. And beat them e- even for a single week. I mean that would cause such mass panic. I mean – You'd have a pay-per-view caliber lineup on NXT the next week. <laughs> right. No, you would. I really believe yeah, you yeah. Would. Whatever they had planned for WrestleMania would now be planned for that week. You'd have yeah. Brock Lesnar on that show. You'd have – they'd be calling up Ronda Rousey. Hey, are you pregnant yet? No, come on down. Yeah, is your they, finger reattached? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, they'd, they'd fucking – I'm telling you, if they ever lost, forget it. It'd be a pay-per-view caliber two-hour show the next week. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see it. I want to see chaos. And things get shaken up. And and both sides panic and do dumb shit. Like, I want that. Because that's entertaining. It makes wrestling more entertaining. It makes this show more entertaining. It just makes everything more interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Let's, uh, all right, that's it for uh, AEW on uh, AEW NXT, Wednesday Night Wars. We'll obviously talk about that once we... Uh, once it gets going, man, this is going to be uh, a lot more wrestling to watch, man. <laughs> so this is good. This is good because this week not a lot happened, and we're going to talk about it in a sec. We were able to watch some other stuff. We were able to watch some catch up. Your That's queue, right. I think, is almost empty, right? Uh, no, there's even. probably still like there's probably still 200 matches in your queue, I but like it. you feel caught. Like I, I don't know. Do you feel that? Like when I started I, recording this, I was like, ah, you know what? I kind of think I watched everything I wanted to watch. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's still some promotions that. Um, months and months behind on, but yes, in terms what of some, like, progress, chapter like what forty seven or something. I've I've watched zero yeah. progress in twenty nineteen because everyone's telling me I'm not missing anything. Um, you know, but I'm way behind on all the OTT shows I've been wanting to watch, and um, you know, Noah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm probably two or three months behind, but uh, we did catch up on a bunch of stuff, and we're going to talk about it now. So, Rich. Are you ready to go bouncing around Japan? Let's do it. So, Rich, DDT Peter Pan feels like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> I think it was actually 10 years ago. But this show is so packed on a week-in, week-out basis. And uh, there's always more wrestling news to talk about, so we weren't able to get to it till this week. And it was like a 19-hour show, so we're not going to review the entire show. Oh, I thought you watched all of it. 
Uh, listen, I just that was a rib. I'm joking. I know <laughs> that was a rib. I made you watch the whole show. Exactly. Indeed. Yeah. So I'm ready. Yes, but uh, we were just going to talk about the main event, of course, which was uh, Tetsuya Endo. I got all. I watched all nine hours for nothing. God damn it! For nothing. That's right. What about the Weapon Rumble that I think was on the show? Yeah, damn it! I bamboozled you. I tricked you. I mean, trickster versus uh, Konosuke Takashita, which was the main event. This is like their third or fourth match at a Peter Pan, which, by the way, was a free show, which I think is incredibly stupid. I know the idea behind it. Okay, get a bunch of people in the building. Uh, you give them a blowaway show, and then you create new fans. I don't think that ever works. Never I think, free. Never free. Make it never. $5. Yeah, because you give people something for free. They perceive that it has no value. They don't show up. They show up late. They leave early, especially when the show is a million hours long. So, But I get it. DDT has great money backing. They can afford to pull a stunt like this and give it a shot. I don't think it's that big a deal, but um, I wouldn't have done this. I would have uh, made some fucking money on it. But uh, the main event, Endo versus Takashita. This match is getting incredible, incredible reviews on uh, on all of the review sites and, and whatnot, your cage matches. Rich, what did you think of this big main event between Endo and Takashita? So I liked it a lot, uh, with, with a little bit of a caveat. We'll talk about that in a sec. I... Um... I, again, I watched it this week as well. You, you, you the same. And I think it happened, what, July, mid-July or whatever. It's a little bit behind. But I uh, watched it, and I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a really entertaining main event, a ton of back and forth, a ton of moves, all this sort of stuff. But and, and this is the thought I had afterwards, is when the match ended and I clicked out of the window, my thought was, can I like a match? And I guess I'll, I'll pose this question to you, Joe, in the Spots Around Japan segment. Can you like a match and think it was very good? But also say it was maybe the most excessive bloated match you've seen maybe ever. Sure. Am I allowed to say that? Yes. Well, I'm going to say that about this CDT main event. I love this match. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I liked the near falls. I liked the, they were just doing move after move after move. And a guy's kicking out and guy's kicking out. And boom. And we got Canadian destroyers and Spanish flies and 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 German suplexes and kicks and punch and slaps and super kicks and, and kickouts. And daddy, yada, yada, yada. But when it was done, it was just like, okay. Like, I'm glad I watched that match and I enjoyed it. But they, I think, like, I hate to say it, but I think they did too much. It was just, to me, it was a little too excessive, a little too much. And and it kind of lost me at a certain point. About 40 minutes into it, after the 15th near fall, I just kind of wanted it to end. And when it ended, I still said, you know what, I like that, but I'm glad it's over. So it was both that. It was both a very good match that I enjoyed, but also excessive and way too much shit happened, I think. I'm going to disagree. Okay. Um, I thought it was a very, very – look, I thought it was um, a great match. I don't think it's match of the year caliber. I don't have it um, uh, rated that high. But I, it didn't feel excessive to me. It went 31 minutes and 38 seconds, and to me it kind of breezed by. I, I didn't feel like I was watching an excessively long match. And I really dug the story of Takashita going after Endo's back. Endo was the champion coming into this match. Takashita won the title. And he really worked over Endo's back. I'm sure there's some people who may complain that Endo sold the back well when he was being, uh, you know, uh, when he was being attacked, but didn't really bother selling it when he was on the offensive. It didn't really bother me, but I can definitely see uh, certain selling fetishes approaching the match in that way. That's one critique I could see. 
but I didn't really feel the excessiveness that you're talking about. I, I really don't feel like they overdid the near falls even. I, I like the story of Takashita working over Endo's back, and I thought the finish was very clever, where Endo finally got some momentum going and looked like he was on a roll, looked like he was going to put him away. And then uh, he, he tried to do the flippy-do there at the end, and Takashita evaded him and then put him in that Boston Crab. Endo kind of fought out of the Boston Crab, and uh, yeah, and, and then Takashita really, you know, he put him in what? What, what would you describe that as? Like a real deep lion tamer? Yeah, kind of the lion tamer idea. Yeah, like where, where the, the, the guy's back is almost up. Like he's almost upright. He's almost vertical. But then you also put the knee in the back of his head and then stretch it back too. So yeah, like classic like 1998 Jericho lion tamers. Yeah, right. and then that of course was too much and Endo finally tapped out. And I thought it was a pretty great match. I'd go about four and a half on it. Um, you know, the first 10 minutes or so where they went into the crowd and that that was kind of there was nothing really going on there. And it didn't really play into anything that ha- happened later other than setting up the back work. But uh, as far as excessiveness, no, it didn't feel uh, like it was too long to me. I thought it was a, a, a good length. I thought it peaked at the right times. I thought the work was excellent. I thought the story was excellent. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people weren't happy to Takashita one. Um, the way I look at that, and look, I don't follow DDT nearly as close as I used to, so I'm probably not the authority to speak on this to begin with, but it, it's kind of like an Okada situation that we talked about last week. Look, he's the guy they picked, you know, and um, that's the guy they're going to go with. And at the end of the day, he's going to win the big matches, and the belt's going to be built around him, and uh, and I understand it. You know, you pick your guy, and you go with him. And, and I like Endo. I love Endo. In fact... I always made the argument that I preferred Endo's stuff to Takashita's stuff. I've made that argument on this show. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. I like Endo a little bit better. Yeah, in past years, you know, and, and um, you know, I always likened Endo sort of to a young AJ Styles in a lot of ways. And, uh, but but Takashita, I mean, you know, I saw him live WrestleMania weekend, and he he was really an exciting wrestler to watch live. And you, you really got to see guys live sometimes to understand them. You know, you get a different understanding of a wrestler. When you see them live. Yeah, well, Endo, that's a big reason why I've turned the corner really on him. Is, is, is He's a guy that I really liked on tape, but then seeing him live during that DDT weekend, I was like, holy fuck, this guy's great. Like, he's just yeah, unbelievable. I mean, and I've gotten a new appreciation for him. Uh, but yeah, again, that's not disparaging Takashita at all, but I thought Endo, uh, that weekend popped off the screen. And I think in this match, I think I liked his work a little bit better. Yeah, this was a great match, though. And both of these guys are great. And um, again, I look, I don't follow DDT on a day-in, day-out basis. In fact, DDT is one of the promotions that... Uh, you know, because of the nature of the undercars that I've kind of set aside and I don't follow as close as I used to just because I don't like the overall vibe of the promotion. So, again, I'm not the authority to speak on their booking, but uh, but I didn't have a problem with the finish or the winner or building around Tekashita. And uh, I thought it was a pretty great match. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go about four and a half on it, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch the other seven hours of this show, uh, probably not. Uh, you could probably safely, Joe. <laughs> wrestling is going to get wild for a little while. I think you are fair enough to uh, to just pass up the rest of. Uh, Did you legitimately watch the rest no, of it? No, I, no, I didn't. Okay, no. okay. So I was going to say, but um, there was a couple matches on there that kind of look interesting. But um, you look, know, fans of the promotion will tell you that this is a show of the year contender. Um, it looks like, I mean, if you just look at cage match, cage match would disagree outside of the main event and the. Uh, and the light tube gimmick match that they did where the idea was to not break the light tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really has a blow away rating. Which sounds actually pretty awesome. I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> I'm going to watch that at some point. Um, I know I'm not going to love it. It sounds more like performance art than like a simulated fight. And that's going to lose me. 
but it might be interesting to watch just from an artistic perspective. So I'll give it a shot. But nothing else on the show really has a blow-away rating in terms of at least cage match. I can't, you can't look on something like Grapple. I don't think they have DDT. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a great blow-away show for fans of the promotion. But I think overall, maybe a little overrated from that perspective, just based on what I'm looking at. Um, I'm never going to go back and watch all of it. There's a lot on this show that I would never fucking watch at gunpoint. Um, just, you know, because a lot of it is, to me, is junk. But uh, I'll go back and watch the light tube thing. And I'll probably watch the uh, tag title match and the Chris Brooks match. We should note that Chris Brooks came out and challenged for the title at the end of this. I don't know if you X'd out before the uh, post-match stuff. I did, yeah. Sorry, unfortunately, I couldn't... Uh... <laughs> couldn't watch it all so i did miss that part yeah yeah but um you know the other big time hype matches are you know sitting at about six or seven on cage match which would equate to like a three three and a half kind of rating but uh, again if you're invested in the promotion you might you know bump in you, you know you might get a full star bump on a match like like that if you're super invested but um but yeah that was ddt uh, peter pan i mean that was back in uh what july 15th yeah july 15th so quite a while ago but hey we got to it hey you can't say we didn't get to it, you know? A little late, but yeah. we got to it. But I, I would you recommend that match? Too? Oh, for sure. No, no, no. And when I'm saying excessive, like I don't I don't know that it was even excessively long, but I think like it felt like they were in the finishing sequence for the last twenty five minutes of the match. And yeah. at a certain point I got kinda I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, enough of the, like just throwing bombs at each other for twenty minutes straight was kinda like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I'm yeah. I just kinda wanna see this thing either end or slow down or something. Cause we had like guys throwing out the best of the best that they had 20 minutes into the match and it wasn't over for another 25 minutes that's sort of what i was saying it's just like and i get that you wanted like the epic that you wanted the the unbelievable this guy had to do his best and 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 give him everything he had to do it but it just felt like they were doing too much in that sense i don't know that was necessarily too long but it felt like it was a little too much and that's probably me just being kind of bored of that match had i seen this match in a vacuum three years ago i probably would have loved it but i think kenny omega and johnny gargano had made me pine for 15 minute matches uh, yeah. Again, and that's actually interestingly enough one of the matches we're going to talk about here in a sec. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. It just, I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't no, I mean, it's still like... great. Like, still go out of your way to watch this. I think most people that watch are going to enjoy it. I still fucking enjoyed it. I just thought it maybe at times got a little excessive. So, all right, so uh, we got two more. Which one do you want to do next? So you oh, let's go to the zero one, baby. Let's go fire festival. All right, set it up and uh, tell me what you thought and then kick it to me. All right, so we had Toa Iwasaki, I think is how you pronounce it. Is that correct? Iwasaki uh, versus Yuji Hino in the Zero One Fire Festival, Joe. Now, I know you want. How much of the Zero One Fire Festival did you watch uh, this year? Everything uh, that made tape. Did you really? Yeah, was I watch just, every was, Zero was One. Was it just the final? How much made no, tape? Night 10, no, no, no. Night 10 made tape. Night 2 made tape. Um, a, a decent chunk of it, honestly, made tape. So I, yeah, I watch for whatever reason, I watch every zero one show. So That's good. well, they, they got rid of their piss mat, which I enjoy a lot better than their, it's just black and red, which is a much better yeah. aesthetic for zero one. Uh, but there's some heavy hitters on here. Like I, I honestly wish I probably watched more zero one because you got Yuji Hino, who I love. And we're going to talk about him in a bit. Masato Tanaka still kicking it, even though he was supposed to be dead by 2001, still here. Uh, Sugi, super tiger. You had uh Sugawara. If people might remember from the dragon gate uh, uh, event, uh, Koei Sato. I mean, you had some, some pretty heavy hitters in this fire festival uh but the finals came to 
uh, Iwasaki and Hino in the finals. Now, Iwasaki is 21 years old, Joe. I believe that's the case. And he was born in 1998. I don't know if that's 100% fact or that's been, but but I, in uh, whatever little research I was doing, it is 21 years old that he's, he is. He's actually um, he's actually 20. He hasn't turned 20. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's uh, yeah. infuriatingly young. But uh, there's that. And he's against Yuji Hino. Now, the, 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 <laughs> the block numbers are kind of, how does the scoring go for the Fire Festival? I don't know if Five I know. Five points for a win. Five okay, because these things are pretty insane here. So, yeah, you got, you know, Yuji Hino wins uh, the A block, 23 points. Uh, Iwasaki has 19 points. That makes a little sense that, that, that you have that. But uh, regardless, let's talk about this final here. So you have Yuji Hino versus Iwasaki. I was told by many people, watch this match, watch this match, go out of your way, watch this match. You know, you're going to love Iwasaki. He's, he's the young guy, so you kind of love kind of fiery young wrestlers, and I do, and, and that's good. And then it's Yuji Hino on the other side, and I fucking love... I love the Yuji Hino, man. He comes out in the crowd. He's got his big-ass belly. He's throwing middle fingers, and he's throwing fucking bombers at people. I fucking love it. So uh, you get this match, Yuji Hino versus Iwasaki. Yuji Hino, obviously, the veteran. Iwasaki, the 20-year-old. And Joe, I fucking love this match. The opening bell. What, what do I love about wrestling? There's there's a few things that I love about wrestling. And if you want to if you want to find the perfect wrestling match for, for me in, in 2019, what you do is you have an up-and-comer, a rook, a youngster, whatever you want to call, you know, uh, you know, he's uh, someone that's green. Call it the wrestling business, uh, you know. You have that. You have a you have a big veteran. So you got the underdog versus the veteran. The underdog versus the you know the favorite. Yeah. And then you have a guy attack somebody at the bell. Yeah. And that bell rang, and Iwasaki said, "All right, I I'm 20 years old. And I'm against Yuji fucking Hino. I'm going at him right now." And he, he the bell rings, and he runs at him with a kick. And goes for the quickest pinfall you've ever seen in your life. Gets a two count. The crowd is fucking fired up. They're ready to go. They're thinking, oh, God, this guy's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And it was the, the opening bell was awesome. And he just keeps firing everything he's had. Iwasaki goes, okay, look, I need to beat this guy in a minute. Because if I let this guy go anything beyond this, Yuji Hino is going to whoop my ass. And he's going to beat me within an inch of my life, and I'm going to lose this match. So Iwasaki goes out. The bell rings. He does the kick. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's pinning him every second he can. He just wants to get that three count as badly as he can. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And then Yuji Hino proceeds for the next, you know, what, 10 minutes or so to just decimate this kid and then put him away and just win. God, I fucking loved it. It was perfect. Yeah. To me, it never felt like Hino was in serious trouble. No, except for that the second, that first second the match started. When he got and he put that pin, Yeah, when he got blitzed and the pinfall, you're thinking, oh, and then immediately he kicks out and you go, oh, fuck. He's done. Then, this kid's yeah. done. Yep. And, and then from there, it's just systematically wearing him down and hope spots. It was really just hope spots right. from there. And then Hino put him away in the end. And yeah, well, great story. Fucking bomber. The old fucking bomber. I love it. Yeah, I love the announcer going, oh, yeah. fucking bomber. <laughs> What's he called? The fuck you. What does he call it? The. Uh, what does he exactly call that move? I now think it's called the bomb. fucking bomber, isn't it? The fucking bomber? Is I that think it? It's called the fucking bomber. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fucking bomb. Fucking bomb. The fucking bomb. That's right. So they go, oh, fucking bomb. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Fucking like, bomb. Like yeah. they're just, you know, they're speaking Japanese. I don't know anything they're saying. And they're just here, oh, fucking bomb. I'm like, yes. But it's not just fucking bomb, Rich. It's fucking, and then bomb is stylized. It's oh, capital. yeah. Capital all caps. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but yeah, you, you, you got the big bruising no nonsense heavyweight established star against this young 20 year old and uh look it's it's this was such a better story to tell the way that they did it than having some 20 minute back and forth match where he no wins in the end you know what i mean it's like he tried to blitz him it didn't work and he was in big trouble from there and then he no just eventually overpowers him and puts him away i enjoyed the fuck out of this you know, I, I, I thought, you know, 
Iwasaki didn't make a ton of tape on the shows that did make tape. Um, you know, the ones that, that I was able to watch. So it's not like I had a huge, I guess, let me think about this now. His match against, uh, I think, Miyamoto made tape. And I think he won that one. I think that was night 10, if I'm not mistaken. Because the night before, which was uh, night 13, there was only a couple of matches. He didn't he didn't work that one. And uh, I think night two was the only other night to make tape. And I don't think he worked that one either. Let me look it up real quick. No, he yeah. did. He lost to uh, Takeda. Yeah, so I'm, lo- I'm looking at the result. I think Takeda... And then I know for a fact the Miyamoto match made tape. I don't know the other I one. The Miyamoto match, was yeah. it Kabuta? I don't know how to pronounce it. Kabuta? Or I, I don't know I don't if that. No, actually, I don't know if that made tape. No, no. I don't think no. anything else made tape. That might be it. That might be just those two. Yeah. But uh, Suki was in the Fire, Fire Festival this year. So uh, you know, I, I think only one or two of his match. But look, only like four shows made tape, period. So you weren't getting a, a real you know, wide look at, at any of these guys. But, um, but yeah, no, real enjoyable, great story. And now, I guess, presumably, Yuji Hino, at this point, would get the uh, title match against uh, Daisuke Sekimoto, right? Sekimoto successfully defended the title against, uh, what was it, Otani on night two? Yeah, he beat Otani on night two. And then, um, I think... This works like all these other tournaments where this guy's, you know, getting a title mm-hmm. match. Get another Yuji Hino versus Daisuke Sekimoto match. Daisuke Sekimoto kind of spending a lot of time in Zero One, spending a lot of time in the United States as he's worked a couple matches. And then he's going to do, uh, he's going to do Bola. Obviously, he was the big reveal at the end. So it's like he hasn't spent a ton of time in Big Japan this year, where it's been Yuji Okabayashi on top, which is a nice transition. To the third match we're going to talk about, Rich. Yeah, let's get to that one. So that is, uh, and and by the way, if you want a little bit of background reading on this uh, as well, Morton VH, who does obviously great work to allow a lot of us to be able to watch a lot of this stuff that we're talking about uh, in these Bounce Around Japan segments, uh, did a great article for us at VoicesOfWrestling.com all about Okabayashi and Nomura, about the background of these two, uh, the matches that these guys have had, why these matches are important themes throughout the matches and then eventually culminates with this match which was the for the, for the strong title the BW, uh, BJW uh, strong title with Okabayashi defending his title against Nomura and I again same deal I don't know if I like this one as much as I like the Fire Festival match if we're talking about kind of the same sort of idea here of Okabayashi the the the, the KG veteran the big guy the champ, you know, the, the the vet, like the the big the big vet, and then you got Nomura, who's kind of the the plucky. I think maybe obviously a lot older. I think he's what twenty five or twenty six, somewhere in that range, mid twenties, uh, trying to go at uh, Okabayashi and and systematic little by little. If you if you read the, the story from Morton or if you watched any of the old matches, like you know, works over the arm, like that. That's his ideas. Like what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out Okabayashi's arm. That's my one thing is that this guy's not going to be able to hit a lariat on me because I'm going to take out his arm. And that's what I'm going to do. And it worked. In some of the tag matches, it worked. He was able to actually pin this guy because he took out the arm, because he was systematic about it, because he he he, he focused on a body part, went after it, and went for that to, to try to get his wins. In this case, though, he doesn't win the match. He loses Okabashi, still does the win. Okabashi has to use the lariat on the other arm or whatnot. But, you know, comparing these two matches, two matches that I really do enjoy. I love the stories of these matches. I thought the Fire Festival one I enjoyed a little bit more because I thought it was a little bit more definitive 
for Yuji Hino, which I like that story a little bit more. But you couldn't do that with Nomura at this point. Nomura had to have more in this match. He couldn't just go out there and get punked by Okabayashi because they've been building this guy and he's had, you know, opportunities and opportunities and opportunities. And you have to start showing that he's at least somewhat near this level or ready for this level at some point. Yeah, he's got to progress a little bit. So you see a lot more there with Nomura. Looks like he's going to have it. And then at the end, Okabayashi just has a little bit more. And I love the visual of him having to say, okay, I can't use this arm. That's fine. I'll use the other arm. And that's the one that eventually does it. No more. Tries to kick out and tries to survive. And he just can't do it. And he eventually does does fall. But uh, a really good match to go out of your way and check out as well. What did you think of it? This was my favorite of the three. Uh, I thought about going five on this. I thought this was great. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So go ahead then here. This was, um, you know, hard hitting. This was, you know, skin busting chops and uh, just stiff and hard hitting and intense. And you already laid out the story with Nomura going after Okabayashi's arm. He had the plan. Mort, brother Mort, lays out even, you know, uh, if you read that article on the site, you know, this goes back even to the tags where they were on opposite sides of each other. So there was some really good, deep storytelling here in this match. And then the work I thought was spectacular. I mean, I thought this was one of the most well-worked matches I've seen this year. Uh, this is a match that has obviously an excellent chance to be very high in my top 10 at the end of the year. Obviously, so I was considering going five stars on it. I, I think that highly of it. And yeah, Nomura showed this was one of those deals where the young wrestler loses the world title match and gained from it. We talk about it for all sure. the time. He gained from this. This was a positive step for Nomura. It was almost better that he didn't win. You know, it was almost better that he didn't win this match. And you're dead on. He needed to give Okabayashi more of a fight than what Hinu got in the 0-1 match because he's way further in his progression than the kid from 0-1. Nomura is a guy who's right at the precipice now where after this match, okay, the next time out, that's probably the one he needs to finally win. And... Everybody identified him two, three years ago as the next guy in their strong division. And he's going to get there. There's no question about that. This loss was not only okay, I think it helps him. And the match was so great, and both guys were so great in it. And the story was so well told that it's like, now I think you've got the fans right where you want them, where they're salivating for this guy to finally get completely over the hump and win the title. Um, One of the big problems in Big Japan, though, is just you can't trust their booking ever. You can't trust their overall booking. Why was this match in Body Maker 2 in front of 600 fans? How do you not do this match in Corican Hall? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you'll see Big Japan put put shows in Corican Hall that are nothing shows with nothing but tags. And they bury a match like this in that shitty little building with the visible basketball hoops in front of 600 people. When this is presumably a very important match for the for, for what potentially the, the star that's going to carry them through the next decade right but it's big japan and they're poorly booked and they always do shit like this and it's it's hard to trust them but i like the way that they've handled nomura a hell of a lot better than the way noah has handled kiyomiya for example kiyomiya never got this progressive build this nomura build and the way that they booked him it more mirrors Kento Miyahara, the way that All Japan handled Miyahara, where you saw a slow progression and he finally started to get over the hump 
And then when he won it, fans were ready for him to be the ace. And it has obviously worked out beautifully. And I'm still not sure Noah fans were ready for Kiyomiya to be the ace. He has to grow into the role while he's in it. Right, yeah. And that's the that's the disconnect that you and I have is that it's yes. like you feel like you're watching a guy learn while he's the champion, which sucks. Like, I don't want that. I want the champion to be the fucking champion. I want that to be yeah. – I want it – Okabayashi's a champion. You know what I mean? Like, that's a dude. That dude's yes. not progressing. He's the fucking champion. Like, he's already right. great. Like, you can get better from great, but you can't be like, ah, hey, this kid's really figuring it out while he's a champion. Like, that, that shit doesn't work. Yeah. And, and by the time Miyahara got there, he felt like a legitimate ace. Kiyomiya has never felt like a legitimate ace, and he still doesn't. I still don't feel he can beat he can beat Takashi Segura a hundred more times, and I still feel like Takashi Segura is the dominant force there. It's just because he doesn't exude ace yet, and I think that's the problem that they're having with him, the way I see it, and why I think he hasn't totally connected with their audience yet. So I like the way Nomura is being brought along in Big Japan. I just buried their booking, but at the same time, I'm telling you, I like the way they're bringing him along. The problem is I don't trust Big Japan to finish the job properly. Whereas I totally trusted Atsushi Aoki and Jun Akiyama to finish the job properly with Kento Miyahara because those guys know how to properly build a star and get him over because they learned under Baba and they learned under, you know, they, they understand. I don't trust Big Japan. Like I trust, like I trusted that there's no reason not to trust those dudes with Kento. Big Japan, I don't trust them to finish this story, and I'll believe it when I see it. But they've handled it properly every step of the way. The other problem is, it's like Nomura has been the protege, and and sort of one of his roadblocks has been Hideki Suzuki. We all know you can't get that guy to do business. That's another big problem. It would be a, in a perfect world. He just beats that guy's ass in a singles match to set him up for winning the top. But that's never going to happen. The guy just – maybe he'll do it for Nomura. Who knows? But we know that it's, it's, it's a problem trying to get that guy to do business. and it's, it's, That complicates things and has complicated things in the past when dealing with him. But this match to me was the perfect setup for Nomura. Eventually, uh, uh, he has to unseat Oka, and for the, Okabayashi the next time they do it. Now it, it feels like the time is right now. And I wouldn't have said that for Nomura – before I watched this match. But now that I've watched the match, now I'm like, okay, this guy's time is now. And I didn't, and I really hate to keep picking on him, but I never felt that way with Kiyomiya when he beat Takeshi Segura for the title. I right. never felt like, oh, his time is now. I felt like, whoa, this is, they're rushing this. Let's see how it plays out now. And, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to accept it if once he gets the title, then he's just a fucking dude. You know what I mean? Like he, he caught me. Yeah. But, but you're, if you watch the matches, it's like, ah, he just barely got by. Hey, nice job, kid. <laughs> like pat oh, on the back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always like fighting from underneath. And yeah, he's always I hate that shit as a champion. Behind. I want my champion with a fucking suit on. I want the, the Ashino in, in Wrestle One, where that dude, the second he becomes a champion, that dude's wearing suits, coming out there and kicking ass. Like that's, that's the guy I want. I want my champion to be the dude i wanted to be the guy and i don't want a guy that's like oh man he just survived another one good good on him like no, the story of nearly every one of his title matches outside of possibly masakita mia uh, and even that one to some extent um is him come working from underneath and making a miracle comeback in the end after getting his ass kicked for 20 minutes right i hate that shit and then it's even harder to get the guy over as as and get him to feel like an ace from that i don't like that kind of st- he he drops falls in tag matches i mean what are you doing he should just be dominant. If you're going to strap him up prematurely and have him grow into the role as champion, he should be dominating people right now. And that's not the case. So 
Um, Nomura, to me, this more mirrors how Kento Miyahara was built. The question now is, does Big Japan finish the job? And it's hard to have confidence that they'll finish the job properly. That's kind of where I stand on it. But as, as a match of the three matches that we reviewed today, I think that was my favorite. I would put um, – they were all notebook caliber, though. Oh, all great. Uh, go watch all three if you get a chance, for sure. Yeah, but this one was just a different level of physicality. Now, listen, this is a different style. You knew this be a different style of match than, than uh, Takashita Endo. I mean, you just know that coming in. So it's also going to come down to what style of match do you like better? You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know with Nomura, with the way his offense is, and you know Okabayashi. Yeah, there, just, were, there, weren't, uh, there wasn't two Canadian destroyers back-to-back to a near fall in this match, no. <laughs> All right, so we got cut off a little bit with the, uh, with the new recording gimmick. So we were basically done bouncing around Japan. We were wrapping up the segment. We didn't uh, lose anything super important. So, Rich. Hopefully not. Yeah, we have, uh, by the way, for the, the back-to-back issue, we're, we're trying out a new recording method. Uh, Google Hangouts, which we were using for a while, has gone away. We, we're trying out some other methods here, and, and we'll see. We'll, we'll keep testing, but hopefully we're not uh, not missing too much of this part either. So, yeah, again, patience. We're, we're trying here, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is why, why we lost a lot of the Shibata talk from last week. Even though it sounded seamless, we lost about 15 to 20 minutes. This time, we didn't lose anything. But, so far, uh, we, we, this we might all be it. lost. We don't know. <laughs> That's true. You might not it be listening doesn't record, to this, but are we? But, uh, it's, a, it's a mystery. So. We heard it cut off, and we stopped talking when we were doing the other segment. So uh, we're starting fresh here with the back-to-back bouncing segments. So, Rich Crage, I ask you again. Oh, man. The first time ever. Twice in one show. Are you ready to go bouncing? Around the Indies. Let's do it. Let's go. Packed weekend next weekend. New Japan Royal Quest. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff Wales. All out. Well, arguably the most anticipated show of the weekend, the uh, NXT UK show, of course. I don't know why you have to bury NXT UK. I'm favorite. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not very nice. We got All Out. We got Rev Pro Summer Sizzler. But we can't get to everything next week. Otherwise, it would be a nine-hour show. So there's one other big event. Coming up two weeks from now during that packed weekend that we're going to talk about here. And that's the AAW Rich, your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Jim Lynham tournament. It's Lynham time. It what is, yeah. Yeah, last year I remember you regarded that you, I, I don't know if you watched it right after, maybe a few months after, but you regarded it. You're like, holy shit, this was like a great tournament. It's been a, a fantastic tournament uh, the last few years as well. And this year uh, should be no exception. And, and the cool thing about this too is they're bumping the days around, they're kind of moving around a little bit. Uh, last year, it was kind of the same time as well, so it's good that when All Out comes uh, or when AEW comes or whatever, they have now an ability to uh, run shows around it. So you got a Thursday show uh, on the 29th, and you have a show the next day, uh, Friday, August 30th. So uh, it doesn't go up against All Out, so you can go to both of these shows if you're coming into town uh, for All Out. And uh, I would definitely suggest that. I would say uh, you might want to get tickets pretty quickly. I think they're either almost all sold out or sold out uh, as of this moment. But, uh, yeah, it's kicking off on, as I said, Thursday, August 29th. Uh, from Logan Square Auditorium here, and uh, some of the matchups and some of the uh, contenders. I'll just go over the first-round matchups so you'll get everybody that is in the tournament in the first round here. Uh, so that's night one is going to be the first round. You got Jake Atlas and Fatu. I know you love some Fatu uh, action there. Uh, so you got Jake Atlas, Fatu. You got MJF is, and Colt uh, Cabana. Oh, sorry, go ahead. That is Jacob Fatu, correct? That is obviously not 
Uh, <laughs> it's not Rikishi Fatu, correct. It is indeed uh, Jacob Fatu. I guess I should preface that yet. It's not Rikishi Fatu. If uh, don't want to get anybody hopes up that they're going to see uh, old, uh, old big Rikishi out there. No, it'll be Jacob Fatu. Uh, MJF versus Colt Cabana. Uh, Laredo Kid, Ace Austin, uh, Trey Miguel versus Myron Reed, Jimmy Jacobs, Eddie Kingston, Jake Something, Josh Alexander, Kurt Stallion, Joey Lynch, and then last but not least, Ace Romero versus Willie Mack. Uh, also in non-tournament action, you got Sammy Callahan, LAX, Penta, and Phoenix. So that's a hell of a show there on that Thursday. So these are both essentially sold out or will will be sold out, correct? Yeah, I believe the Thursday show still has a bunch left, and I'm almost positive the Friday show is completely sold out. So yeah, don't buy tickets for the Friday show, or maybe you can still find, or maybe the last minute they'll announce. But yeah, Friday is, as of this recording, sold out. Thursday still has uh, a few shows, uh, a few seats left because it's on a Thursday, so it's a little bit tougher uh, for people to get out there. So yeah, the night one is is, is, is still available. Night two is sold out. And obviously, the night two is going to have your quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals of the tournament. I will be there that day. Uh, on Friday the 30th. I'm really excited about that. And that's a hell of a lineup there, man. Just to kind of reiterate here, you got Jake Atlas, Fatu, Jacob, uh, MJF, Colt Cabana, Laredo Kid, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, Marin Reed, Jimmy Jacobs, Eddie Kingston, Jake Something, Josh Alexander, Kurt Stallion, Joey Lynch, Acer Merrill, and Willie Mack. That makes up your Jim Lynham Memorial Tournament competitors. What do you think about that lineup? So I haven't watched much AAW this year. I watched almost all of it last year. Uh, I know that Jake Something is the uh, the secondary champion, right? The Heritage title. Oh, correct. Yep. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Jake Something is, the, and then Callahan snuck back in there, and he's the current. He did. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? A, a good champion is a guy that ain't going anywhere. So that, that always helps, right? Well, listen, that's a rich firing some shots here, but you, I don't detect any lies, my friend. No, I mean that's that's fine. Good, reliable guy. You want to, you know. That's a little territory move, too. Like, hey, who's not going anywhere? That's why Vern always put it on his sons. They're not going anywhere. Greg's not going anywhere. So, cool. Here's the title, man. I don't think Greg ever won the... uh, Oh, did he not? I Oh, I think he did. He had to have. Greg Gagne was never... Are you sure? Hold on. I'm positive that Greg Gagne, even in the darkest of days, Rich, was never the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Even Vern wasn't going that far. Oh, no. Okay, no, he wasn't. Larry Larry Zabisco always was, though. They give this up to Larry Zabisco like six times. Yeah, towards the end there. Greg gets a bad rap. He's a decent little tag worker. He looked like shit. And, you know, he didn't have right. a ton he, of... He gets lumped into the Eric Watts level, and it's like, no, he, Greg is fine. Eric Watts was horrendous, yeah, but... but He was way better than that. Well, so I, felt, I, I apologize uh, for disparaging Vern uh, for, for... He would never have given Greg Gagne the title, so I apologize. At any rate, are the LAX working the second show? Because they got to drop those tag titles soon, right? Uh, yeah, presumably, yeah, they are not... Uh, so they're they're working the first show. It doesn't say officially that they're working the second show. I assume that they would be. Right. Uh, but, yeah, they're still the champions, which... Uh, is is not good, and then of course the other team that they have that that they showed there was Penta and Phoenix. So presumably Penta and Phoenix could win it, but uh, you got them same issues there with giving it to same them. Issue. So uh, I don't know who's winning the tag titles after this weekend, but somebody has to, I think. Are you with me that LAX is going to be that mystery team on the AEW TV? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of <laughs> I'm feeling that too. So they've got to lose those tag titles. This would be a perfect weekend. As far as the tournament goes, you've got your finger on the pulse more than I do. Give me a winner, and I'll give you mine. Oh man, so this is this is a tough one here. Uh, in terms of guys, Fatu is a dude that they've been they've been doing a lot with him. Like like someone well, sim, uh, MLW, they see that this guy is a thing. His matches have been squashes. He's blowing through guys. He's winning easily. Like there's a real. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked to see Fatu make it all the way through. 
Jake something, even though he's a secondary champion, I think there's a possibility of him as well. So he's a guy that I would definitely put in there. As far as him, those are the two guys that really stand out to me. I mean, there's always a possibility you get like kind of an old veteran guy that they just want, like a guy like a you know a Jimmy Jacobs to go through and, and and win. But I would think that you would want someone new. I think you would want somebody different. I think you would want some guy that you know that you can kind of rely on that's going to show up. So I'm going Jake something Fatu. By say, saying that they'll show up, I don't mean that like dudes aren't going to do work. Like I don't mean like like Josh Alexander's just not going to show up or whatever. But I just mean dudes that you know the ability to be there all the time and the the ability to not be booked other places. Uh, but speaking of that name too, Josh Alexander's an interesting one too. Now that he's got his visa, that you know for a fact you're going to have uh, you know him in 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 tow. He could be an interesting contender too. So I put my money on either Fatu, Josh Alexander. Jake something or Jimmy Jacobs. So that's the four that I'm picking. Mostly, I think Fatu because I think that'd be the coolest. That's kind of the one I'm rooting for. Uh, and then secondarily, uh, Josh Alexander, Jake something, and maybe like a veteran hand like a, a Jimmy Jacobs. Aren't Alexander and something facing each other? Uh, they are in the first round. Yeah, no, I'm not saying like, I'm just saying like one of those two I have a, no, I understand a, a what decent you're saying. feeling. No, yeah, like, they are. Yeah, they're in the first round. Uh, so one of those guys is going to knock out. But that I could see being a really big match. And yeah, the guy that wins that. I could see either making it all the way to the end or, 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 or possibly winning the entire thing, too. You've got more of a finger on the pulse of their booking. Um, are they the kind of company that could have that would that would do something like Alexander beating Jake something in the first round to set up a match for that heritage title? Certainly. Down oh, the line? Sure. Because then Alexander doesn't even have to win the tournament because he's got his big scalp over one of the champs and they've set up they've set themselves up a nice semi main event for something. Exactly right, and without without Callahan being in the tournament as the, the, the incumbent champion or whatever, you need to set up you know secondary title matches. So I could absolutely see them doing something like that for sure. Yeah, I'm with you with Fatu. I mean, it makes sense if they've got him booked for more dates, and that's always the question with these indies like you're talking about. Then yeah, have him run through and win the thing. Um, you know, he's obviously uh, the MLW uh, champion right now, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be headed off to full sail or. AEW imminently anyway because MLW for whatever it's worth they do give these guys uh, some sort of paper contracts but uh, yeah but Jake something too we've been screaming about this guy for two years so I'd like to see one of those two win it as well I think yeah and I think uh, a giveaway to me for a, a maybe a little bit of something is that they uh, they did have Callahan versus Fatu they did I, I wasn't there at the event but it was in their Milwaukee show uh, they did in July, and they went to a double DQ for the title. So they protected Fatu there. Yeah, and I think there's a possibility. I mean, that that to me is like okay, interesting. Like you would have you, you would have just had Callahan beat him if you didn't right. think that this guy was something. And obviously, he's ran through everybody else. He's beaten everybody. But then he goes to a double DQ with Sammy Callahan. It's like a pole apart brawl, that sort of stuff. So to me, I think the, a, a real good booking idea is yeah, okay, Fatu goes through, and now he's got that title shot, or he's going to face Callahan, and then maybe you can put some stipulation on there where you know no DQ or something like that is 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 a possibility there. I don't know if they're ready for that with Fatu, but I, I would say they're not not ready. I mean, they've been on this guy this entire year. He's had you know seven matches so far in AEW this year and won them all except for that double DQ uh, against Callahan. So if now you know this is this is as good a time as any. So well, here you go. I think we just booked the whole weekend. Josh Alexander beats Jake something in the first round, sets up a Heritage title match down the line. Alexander gets knocked off somewhere further down. Maybe he wins one more match and then gets knocked off in the semifinals or whatever round that would be. Fatu runs through the whole tournament and wins. You've already set up and established the rematch against Sammy Callahan there. And LAX loses the tag team titles on night two because they're on, their way, they're on their way to Turner. So there you go. We just booked the whole weekend. There it is. Don't bother seeking Don't even out need Dr. Keith. Yeah, well. stay home. Stay yeah, home, Dr. Keith. Stay home. It. We just told you everything that's going to happen. So that's the <laughs> – Don't uh, even go. Don't, don't go. Definitely go. Uh, I will be giving out firm handshakes on Friday as well. So 
Yeah. Rich, do you want to book out the next six months of the women's title with Jessica Havoc on top? Do you want to Oh, boy. I'd love to. Here we go. Uh, she wins if probably all of them. Time, right? <laughs> right. If only we had the time, right? If only we had the time. Right. Talk about the Jessica Havoc uh, women's title reign. But, uh, How long Sammy booked for? That's, uh, that's a good... Well, there you go. Yeah, then you can... But no Kylie Ray anymore, right? So, you know, no. I know where, where you go from there. But, uh, no, we're not really going to do this. Stop me, because I'll end up doing it. I don't want to book out... I'm, yeah, looking at Kim- I'm looking at Kimberly's record this year so far. So, oh, yeah, is, we're going yeah. a deep path. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Next topic. All right, let's do this here. We got a big big evolve weekend, Joe. Uh, we got Chicago again. <laughs> People stop running Chicago. I'm busy. I can't go to that, so I'm not going to be there. It's it's now Sunday night. Now this that's this weekend. That is this weekend. Yeah. Clarification: so. The Linum is the packed weekend next weekend. Exactly. Well, Linum is going to be the show. weekend of all out. Which all the way uh, I, I should mention as well. Maybe, maybe we can talk about it next weekend as well. GCW running that weekend as well. Warrior Wrestling running that weekend as well. So it'll be a loaded weekend of wrestling. So if you come to Chicago, you're going to have five, six shows, all really good shows too. I mean, the GCW show looks awesome. That AEW we just lined line it up there. You're going to have a great tournament. All out obviously speaks for itself. And the Warrior Wrestling, the names on that one, we'll we'll, we'll probably jump on it next week but a lot of good stuff on there but uh this weekend this weekend if you're in uh michigan or chicago you have yet another (laughs) sampling of shows here we'll start out with evolve 133 august 24th so it's going on uh we're recording this on uh the 23rd so it's going on your saturday uh the chicago show is going to be your sunday but uh your main event number one joe main event number one oh baby we got main events you want main events joe we got three of them here for this first show evolve tag team championship match anything goes air fox and leon ruff defending the titles against joe gacy and sean maluda of the unwanted yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun if you watch the network special you saw the skulk win the tag team titles that was the absolutely the right call there and uh this is the perfect kind of match for them you know perfect match stipulation and Sean Maluta, of course, is part of that unwanted stable now. So, uh, yeah, that should be a, uh, a a wild match and a quality match on top. Main event number two, only in Evolve. Matt Riddle coming back to Evolve to face Josh Briggs. Well, I mean, there's no lies. You can only have that match in Evolve. There's no, uh, there's no false advertisement there. But, uh, yeah, Matt Riddle, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he lost to Killian Dane on TV this week. I don't know if they're just continuing to keep him um, sort of um, in their back pocket in NXT, just waiting around for Adam Cole to free up and have a have a, you know uh, be available for a new program, or if all the shit that he talked about Goldberg and some of the heat that he's picked up. Yeah, at some point they're going to have to you know kind of stomp that down a little bit, right? <laughs> like you can't. So just... yeah, I mean, I mean, I expect him to win the feud against Killian Dane, but it's just weird. I mean, he's feuding with. No disrespect to Killian Dane, but this is Matt Riddle here. And, you know, it was weird to see him lose a TV match to a guy like Dane. And, uh, you know, now he's working the Evolve weekend on top of that, which, I mean, is cool if you're going to these Evolve shows. And I'm sure he doesn't really mind, but it seemed like he was on a clear path to the top of NXT and or at least to the top programs. In NXT. Oh, we called him as the next guy going for the title. I mean, that we, we said that two months ago that he was the guy that they were building towards. And now... I mean, he lost to Dane, and then he, he ends yeah. up getting in a brawl with him after the match. I don't know if you saw so that. I, I, yeah, I saw a little bit of that, yeah. So, and you know, and now he's here on the Evolve weekend taking on Josh Briggs. Briggs is a guy who I think um, is clearly on a WWE path uh, and, and improves every time I see him. So that could be a good little match. All right, this one is awesome. I got to give it up to Gabe or whoever wrote this, uh, this email copy. Yeah. Main event number three, only in Evolve. Kushida versus jd drake so uh nxt's kushida comes down for the evolve weekend here 
Here's the description. So in the prior two matches, it's like the unwanted have left Fox and Ruff and the Skull teammates injured. And and this one's Johnny Gargano, yada, yada. This one is, and I quote, Evolve officials wanted to put together a cool match with with Kushida. This is it. Enough said. (laughs) I like it. Don't even try to sell it. Don't even say that Kushida's been looking from the darkness and and thinks that J.D. Drake's got a lot of potential and J.D. Drake wants the spot that Kushida has. It's like, no, Kushida versus J.D. Drake. That'd be a fun match. That's it. I love it. Whoever wrote that copy is either A, thinking that nobody reads this, but we are, or B, said, you know what? It probably had a paragraph and said, you know what? I don't even need to explain myself. It's Kushida versus J.D. Drake. Who cares? I love it. Yeah, I mean... A cool match with Kushida. This is it. Enough said. You go from New Japan Junior Ace to NXT to Evolve. Next step is, you know, you're looking for Uncle John on FIP shows. I mean, <laughs> where, where we go from here? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, main event number three there, yeah. That's... Does he show up on Shine to take on uh, Mercedes and Bacardi? I mean, what's going on? What, where, what's the next move for Kushida? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure the people complaining about him losing a junior title to Bushi sometimes is really... Uh, yeah, know. I mean, it, it's like... I'll take it though. I mean, I'll probably watch these. Great, shit. no, yeah, it fucking rocks. Yeah. Kushida versus JD Drake really does have a chance to be a really cool match, but um, it's like, again, I hate to talk about NXT when we're supposed to be talking about Evolve. Like, what the fuck are they doing with Kushida? Like, what's the plan? He came in with fanfare. He's got the big entrance, and he won the gatekeeper match with with Chris Hero, and um, you know. I know he's facing well, – well, well, I guess we should hold off until we talk about Evolve 130. Uh, 134, uh, 134, yeah. We'll talk about He's got a bigger match there. but He does. He does have a bigger match. There. Anyway, what's the uh, rest of 133? Uh, otherwise, we'll go kind of quickly here. Non-title match and Evolve 122 rematch. So I know you've been itching for this one. Evolve champion Austin Theory versus Anthony Henry. Okay, so non-title. So Henry, just thinking logically and not overthinking it, Theory – has you know obviously been signed by WWE. We saw him as part of the last class. So uh, you know Henry wins this and then beats Theory, right? Or is that too simple? Does there have to be a twist? Mm. The thing with Theory is I don't know. Does he's Theory different now, man. He's got that smiley picture with Triple H. I don't know, man. Like you know, could they just keep him in Evolve too as a signed talent, or does he have to do, or does he have to lose and leave the territory? That we don't know either. Right with the new relationship, it is conceivable that they can just let Theory continue to work Evolve while being under contract. Right? I right. Mean, let, right. Like, right. Right. I mean, if they're letting Matt Riddle and Kushida work Evolve, I mean, why wouldn't they let Austin Theory get in all the reps he can, working real matches in front of real crowds? But with that said, they've never really believed in that. They've got everybody tucked away in that fucking PC. Exactly. So it's, it's strange. I don't know. I don't know. Now that the smiley picture is there, I, I don't know anymore with, with Austin Theory. I don't have a good read on it. So, so we'll see. Maybe it really it just look non-title match. You know, babyface facing the heel champion. Anyone who's watched wrestling for more than ten minutes just assumes that the babyface is going to win that, right? I would, yeah, I would, I would assume. But so, but I mean, we'll see. It's a different, yeah, it's a different world right now. Uh, grudge match here: Kurt Stallion versus Anthony Green. Yeah, I mean, Green doesn't do much for me. Um, I totally get why Evolve signed him. I understand. He just doesn't do a ton. The, the gimmick does nothing for me. The whole retrosexual thing and the fucking fanny pack and I, I don't. It's a little too cutesy for me. But uh, but I totally understand why Evolve signed him. Uh, we got a winner gets an Evolve contract. These are two uh, recruitment camp uh, folks, so I do not know uh, 
Anthony Gutierrez and Karam, or Kareem. I don't know what it is. It's Karam, I believe. It's K-A-R-A-M. So I'm going Karam on that one. So do you know anything about Karam or Anthony Gutierrez? Did you watch that recruitment thing last weekend? I I did not, but the screenshots looked pretty fun. So Holy shit. That was... (laughs) You know how I know that almost nobody watched it because no one was fucking dunking on it on Twitter because that was horrendous. I saw two geeks with like really tall hair pointing at each other, and that was about the extent. That of was what the I twins, saw. that twin tag team. I don't remember what their names are, but that, I know the I know what you're talking about. It was a yeah. Some of these dudes, <laughs> wow. But uh, I, I don't know if these are two guys from that because I didn't watch. It says it, it says last weekend's uh, recruitment camp, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember sure. them specifically, but. Uh, you know, it's nice to see a couple new guys, and maybe one of them will stand out. But nobody really stood out on the on the portions of that that I saw. That was pretty awful. But, so are you ready for a first time ever match? Arturo Huas versus Stephen Wolf. Here's the description here. Huas is on a roll. Wolf is just starting to make an impression of Evolve. This is another first time ever match on this unique card. Who will win? Who will win? I like that. <laughs> I like that. Nice little touch. Yeah. Huas is awesome. Yeah, he fucking rocks. Yeah, he is unique, and he's a perfect guy for evolve to send down there and get some seasoning and uh you know wolf is from your neck of the woods probably would have been in that lineup if he didn't get for sure signed yeah. up by evolve so um yeah it's an interesting match listen i know people are down on evolve i, I i'm really not i i, I that's a great card that sounds awesome yeah i mean i watch these shows and it's not like they blow me away but i always i enjoy every evolve show that i watch and the WWE thing, I accept it for what it is. And it's like, if you approach Evolve from the perspective of, I'm going to watch some younger WWE guys develop, I'm going to watch some Evolve guys develop, some of those talents, and then you're, they're going to sprinkle in Kushida and Matt Riddle. And if you just accept it for what it is and approach it from that standpoint, the shows are always very entertaining. They're no nonsense. They're light on the shtick. It's one match after another. It's usually about two hours in and out. It's two hours. They're they're good watches. They're fun watches. I mean, they're they're not going to be show of the year contenders, okay? But I I haven't seen an Evolve show really since the reboot where I've been, I wasted my time. I've always walked away from it, nodding my head and saying, and I enjoyed that. That was a good two hours of wrestling. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, we got. Oh, sorry, two more matches. I forgot three more matches. Oh my god, this is a <laughs> loaded card here. My god, here. Oh, two more, two more. Sorry, two more. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart versus Cameron Rainey. Uh, Cameron, I believe, was also a recruitment camp uh, person. Then we have a hoss fight. It's Adrian Alanis uh, versus Brandon T- uh, Tagart. So you got uh, two more uh, matches there. But yeah, you got the prelim yeah, stuff exactly. basically. And Baba Tunde was pulled from these shows, so. Um, but Gabe said he'd be back. He said he won't be on this weekend. Maybe he had some important match to have on the fucking Largo loop or something. So I don't know what's going on with Baba Tunde this weekend. Maybe he's banged up. Who knows? But uh, I think Gabe sent out a tweet and noted that he would be back in the future, but wouldn't be working these shows. So that's what's up with Baba Tunde. Yeah, if you're wondering. Then Evolve 135 from uh, August 25th from Chicago. I, 34. Uh, yeah, 34. Sorry. I I mix that up there. Um, Cruiserweight Championship match is your main event. Drew Gulak defending against Kushida. So there you go. You wanted to wait a little bit to see what would happen. I mean, yeah, he's in a Cruiserweight title match, but ain't changing the title on it. No, and that's a rematch from NXT where right. Kushida beat Gulak. So Gulak, 
you know, he you know he works his ass off in every regard. I mean, he's cutting Twitter promos on Kushida saying he wants revenge. Um, so look, I, there's some intrigue there, and that should be an excellent match. It, you know, has a good chance to be the best match of the entire weekend um, of this evolved weekend. So um, I don't know who wouldn't want to watch Drew Gulak versus Kushida. You know, I, you know, I'll take that. The only problem is, as you say, they're not doing a title switch, so it kind of gives away the result. Speaking of title switches here, though, and Joe, I'm going to read the description of this match, and this might answer the question that you had about Austin Theory. So, uh, Evolve Championship triple threat match, Austin Theory defending against J.D. Drake and Josh Briggs. So, it's a triple threat match, okay? One yeah. little interesting caveat, so here's, here's, here's the quote here. Uh, there's a lot of issues in this one. Theory says he'll be Evolve Champion forever. Drake felt Theory disrespected all the hard work he put in the WWN champion, uh, Championship by throwing it down on the WWE Network. Things have been heating up with Briggs and Theory for months. The odds are against Theory in this one. Will he lose the Evolve Championship to one of his top rivals and leave Evolve? Okay, so there's three different... It seems obvious, but there's three different ways they can go here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Theory obviously could retain a title. And if you have Henry beat him the day before, you're setting up that future title match, right? But here's the thing. You could have Henry win the day before... And then Theory loses. So Henry still gets his big win over Theory on Theory's way out. But you put the title on someone else if you don't want to put the title on Henry yet. Does that make sense? Exactly. Right, right. Problem is, I kind of think that is shitty for Henry. And I don't know if I go that route. So you have two other options here. You put the title back on J.D. Drake, who, of course, Theory beat to, to unify the titles. Right. Or, and this is the interesting one. Tell me what you think of this one. Josh Briggs gets a huge win over Matt Riddle to set him up for winning the title the next day. Absolutely. I think that's the way they go. And I think you can even, if you wanted to, if you don't want Theory to, to take the pinfall, you can pin J.D. Drake, too. And I don't think he loses all that. Like, if there's this idea that we don't want, you know, we want to protect Theory, because I, I think it's interesting, the triple threat. That, that yeah. to me, adds a little bit of a wrinkle there. Like, ooh, okay. Now I think there's a definite possibility Theory loses, and I think there's a possibility that he can lose without taking pinfalls in consecutive nights, if they care about that. All right. that if I'm them, I wouldn't really care all that much. But if you really want to say, okay, look, if he's going to lose to Anthony Henry the night before, let's have him go on this night, and he loses the title without getting pinned. And then maybe if he wants to come back, you know, after he's done doing hip toss class for, for a few months, and you want to bring him back, the the gimmick is right there for him to say, you know, I never got pinned, and I lost my title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's ready-made for him to come back to Evolve in, in two or three months when he's, when he's again, like he's done. Because he, I, I the, the Triple H pictures got me shook, man. That means, to me, that means that they want him in the fold. They want him there because they, they could have just kept doing what they were doing. He was in the quote unquote. He was there anyway. You know, he was in Evolve. The idea that he's there taking smiley photos with Triple H, he's in the recruitment camp. They're showing him there. I think that means they want him there. I think it sets a precedent that's kind of weird if like he signs and he's in that picture and he's in the recruitment class, but then he doesn't show up and do all the stuff with all those other guys. You, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And I like the way you're thinking here. You can give Anthony Henry his big win over Austin Theory. And like you're saying, the three-way gives you that out where you don't have to beat Theory on both nights. Right. But you can get the title. You can accomplish two things, though. You can still get the title off of him, and you can still give Anthony Henry his win. Right. And even the third thing is that you give that extra thing whenever Theory does come back, which will be inevitable. Right. He will be back and evolve, and you got a ready-made storyline already there. Yeah. So there's really like three or four different directions they can take with the title over the course of these two nights. So... It's real interesting. And you know, it's funny. When Gabe Sapolsky is happy, he's a good booker. This is well booked, all Mm -hmm. of this. Now, Mm -hmm. we should let it play out. 
because maybe it'll be <laughs> it could be a disaster. Yeah. There's a lot of dumb shit that actually does happen, and our ideas are better, right? And then these ideas end up whatever ends up playing out might be shit. But we've seen this for almost what 15 years with this guy. When he's in a good headspace and he's happy and he's in a good mood and he's being nice to us instead of cursing at us, you know, anecdotally and stuff like that, he's that's when his booking is excellent. And then when he's hating his life and he's in a shitty mood and things aren't going so well for him, it's when his booking is shit. It goes with his mood. And Gabe Sapolsky is in a good place in his life right now and he's happy. And these two shows have a ton of intrigue and appear to be booked very well on paper, at least going into the shows. Would you agree with all of that? Oh, for sure. That's Gabe. <laughs> we'll see. After the weekend, we'll see. But a lot of the stuff, like I said, looks pretty good here. Uh, evolve Tag Team Titles, if, if, Joe, if Fox and Ruff retain. Love that the Evolve 133. You got to add it there. Got to add it. Love it. Era Fox and Leon Ruff uh, defend, potentially, if they win the titles. Evolve 131 or retain the titles against Matt Riddle and Kurt Stallion. Yeah, so um, that's the thing. It's not like Matt Riddle is just dropping in like Adam Cole, baby, and having like super fights. No, he's like teaming with Kurt Stallion. He's, he's ingrained in the storylines. Right. Like this started on the on the on the network show and you know, it's like that's what's weird here. It's like I guess my point is, are they trying to like put Matt Riddle in his place and tell him, Hey look, buddy, if we want to we can send your ass back to WWN Live. Do you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with the Goldberg shit and everything where there's sketchy reports of whether he had to apologize or not and all this and that. And I haven't really paid super close attention to it. So I don't know if those were like just really bad Brad Shepard level rumors or if that was stuff that really happened. But it's like it's weird because they've brought people in before as special guests. And it, the matches were essentially non-canon, Right. He's very much part of this. Part exactly. Of the yeah. Adam Cole would come oh. in because Adam Cole's coming to your town. Go watch Adam Cole. Yay. Okay. Right. But no, it's just like yeah. Red Riddle's like entwined with Evolve. And that's storyline. Right. Yeah, it is. So it is. It is, it is certainly strange. Dude, I know you're up for this one. A rematch from Evolve's 10th anniversary show. No holds barred. Huas versus Anthony Henry. Let's go. That's Fuck great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had that one little blown spot on the network special. But outside of that, I think we both really like that match. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a rematch. Did, did, I'm pissed I can't go. Man. I wish it wasn't a Sunday, man. If it was a Saturday, I'm there. I can't do a yeah. Sunday. It's tough. It's real. Tough. It's 134 is a real good lineup. It, is. it really is. I mean, 133 is okay, right? 134 is a really awesome lineup. You know, especially by people get mad when I say this, but by indie standards of today, and I get it. Evolve is affiliated, but it's a fucking indie. I mean, we're really gonna split those hairs. Um. You know, but if you don't want to call it an indie, that's fine. It is a really good lineup. This 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 show has a really strong lineup. Uh, then real quickly here, Kendo sticks are legal. Uh, <laughs> Kendo sticks are legal. It's been a long night. It is a long night. It is late right now. Uh, rematch of all 10th anniversary special. Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Brandy Lawrence. We're gonna see a rematch of that. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I enjoyed that. There was a few spots and a few things that looked kind of weird, but they gave it their all and they they busted their ass. So I'm curious what they do here. It was yeah. a nice. It was a nice little plunder match. You know, it was you know so. You know, we'll see him do it again. More plunder out of these two. 
a tag team attraction match. We got Adrian Alonis and Liam Gray versus the besties in the world. That's Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. So that's a uh, guys, local guys getting a getting that's a right. shot here in the, in the Evolve show. It's pretty local about competitors. That. Getting yeah, <laughs> two local competitors. Davey Vega, Matt Fitchett. Uh, speaking of local competitors, special attraction match. Uh, match Anthony Green versus Paco. I love Paco. my guy Paco. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Paco's great. About it, that's cool. I love it. Uh, GPA and Craig Mitchell from Freelance Wrestling will also be in action, and then Joe Gacy, Sean Maluda, Stephen Wolf, Brandon Taggart, Anthony Gutierrez, and others. So, I guess, well, okay, so I think Anthony Gutierrez is winning the uh, Evolve contract match because he is wrestling <laughs> the next night. So, I you hear it here first. I think, I think <laughs> Mr. Gutierrez might win that uh, match for the contract in uh, in Michigan, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, he got... will be definitely on the Chicago show, even though he doesn't have a contract. That's right. So you've got the new signee, <laughs> half of the freelance roster, and 19 other Evolve guys also set to appear. Rich, I think we're getting a six-way scramble on that. <laughs> no, are you kidding? I, I, I don't know. Let's That's see. One, funny. two, three, four, five. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> bring back the fray. Oh, God. That was the DGUSA thing, though. It right? was. Yeah, I love the fray. Good stuff there. Anyway, so that's a, that's a good weekend from Evolve. So I know uh, we don't get a chance to talk about Evolve, and there's absolutely zero chance uh, we talk about uh, AEW next weekend, unfortunately, because there's just so much else going on. So we wanted to at least touch on those for the spots around the Indies. So that's that. And, Joe, I think we're out of here. It's past midnight. We've been recording forever. It's been a long day. <laughs> I still have to edit this thing. It might not be recording. I don't know. Anyway, anything else from you, Joe? No. Let's get to bed. You're done. Anyway, for for Joe, I'm Rich. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.